This is Matthew Allison at Heroes Con, creator of Kankor on 11 o'clock comics. <laughs> Very different, doesn't it? Oh, Damn. All of them close in person. All acoustic instruments. That would be great. It would be great if we recorded in the great room. Yes. Get the creaky table and everything. This is great. This has got the parasol. You can't hear it. No, you can't. He's not moving. Behind the scene, little side baseball there. We'll, we'll get there. I should move my computer. See, this is a different setup. We don't usually do yeah, this. Yeah. They'll figure it out. But I think they'll know. Yeah. Once in a lifetime deal here. Once in a lifetime. <laughs> well, it only took 10 years. Yeah. 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 Hey, everybody. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 546. A very special episode of 11 o'clock mm. comics. We'll tell you why. Mm. I am Vince B. Oh. You are Vince B, you sexy bastard. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are, and it's a beautiful day in my neighborhood, because I'm Mr. Rogers. What's up, Fred? What's up? I'd let you watch my kids anytime. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. Even from the grave? I died in 2003. He'd probably still be a good nanny. Oh, absolutely. Nurturer from a the manny. grave? Yeah. A manny. A manny. Yeah. Yes. That's an honor of the documentary that came out on me today, or this week. Oh, that's out? Yeah. I gotta see that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Great man. Um, but no, you're, you're our Fred Rogers. Steve? Yes. Thanks for welcoming us to your neighborhood. You're welcome. In that special way. <laughs> you are Jason Wood. And this the get this. Person. This is the very first time in the history of recorded audio. <laughs> it's a long time. That we are sitting down in the same physical space. To record an episode. Now, when we do the drink roll call, and we are going, we are to, going to clink our glasses, and it's going to be real. There's no audio trickery going on here. Hell, I don't even know if this episode's going to sound as good as the usual ones do, because this is. Well, you're a wizard. You can. It's that. a different space. Yes. Right, and you don't. We don't have to worry about the Skype glitches and lags and that. It. We don't have to worry about that. This is pretty neat. I think. The Patreons should should get together and say, "Hey, we want this every episode, so we're going to have to fund them." So twenty five grand a month. All right. That's right. It's here for a year. Yeah. Beth would be like, "They're here again." again? <laughs> well, no, but see, we could travel. We go to everybody else's house. Yeah, we could just record at cons. For that kind of cash, we could just go to cons. Because there is a con practically every week anyway. Yeah. So yeah, it's true. Yeah, we, we live in hotels. We need our own Chanel West Coast though. You know, you ever watch Ridiculousness? No. no. Rob Deerdeck? No. Never heard of him. He's awesome. But he has a female uh, with him on the show, and she's just there for visuals, and she laughs like a dolphin. And her name is Chanel West? Chanel West Coast. So is, it like, is it like Cornell West and Drake? No, she does this with her fingers. I can't even do it. She does this. She does this thing. She, yeah, she does. Oh, like... Yeah. I, no, West, West Coast? The, the West Side? Like this? Yeah. Yes, I can't do that. West Side? She would love you. Yeah. But anyway... Um, I would love to do it. And maybe one of our stops along the way would be at the home base 
of Discount Comic Book Service, mm. who are our sponsor. And uh, Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your home for a fraction of the retail price. This time around, these specials are from Dynamite, The Further Adventures of Red Sonia, Roy Thomas, a bevy of classic uh, visual creators from Marvel. You got Alfredo Alcala in there, Big Yamba Sima. Who else is in this? Frank Thorne, the man normally associated with Red Sonia. Uh, cover price, $19.99, but because you're super smart, you will get it for $9.99 dap. What's the math? How much off is that? Half. Half. It is. You're correct. From uh, IDW and Black Crown, I know Jason was either talking about this or stopped on it during his recent previews Mm -hmm. video because it is the image that one sees when they go to your previews video on our Patreon page. It's House Amok. Yes. Uh, IDW is publishing it through the Black Crown imprint. Christopher Sabella is uh, writing it, and the great Sean McManus is on visuals. This thing will cost you a dollar ninety-nine. That's once again half off. And last, but you know the drill. From Image, Nick Pitara and John Lehman are cooking up something called Leviathan. Mm-hmm. Yes, it looks really cool, and it's intricately detailed because it is Nick Pitara. Uh, Leviathan number one is three ninety nine cover price, but uh, uh, Jason, how much are you gonna pay for this? Dollar ninety nine. A dollar ninety nine. com does not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books all shipped up nice and secure, and delivered right to the door of your domicile for a fraction of the price. Nice. com. I like there's some extra love in that since we were all together. It I is. Know, yeah, Do the drink roll call. I've been waiting for this. Oof. <clears throat> My brothers, what are you drinking? Why don't you tell them? Because we are all drinking the same thing. Cheers, my dudes. Cheers. Cheers. Let's get this clinky clink. Oh, nice. It does it. Yeah. Tonight's beverage to start us off is Gentleman's Collection 2015 Red Blend Batch Number 2. And I've had this before. I've had it on the show before. Um, but you gentlemen have not. No. And what are your thoughts? I, I love the mouthfeel. It's delicious. Well, that's a given. It's got a good smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fine. Not hard. Fine. I like the snapback. There's yes. a little mm-hmm. yep. at the end that yep. comes in. A little peppery note. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it pairs well with the Rita. Now, it's when e- you, it's easy to drink. You, you were busting my balls a little bit before when you said, well, why don't you finish the whole bottle? How much wine do you put in the glass when you drink it? Because I'll drink a glass like this. Like, I fill it up to here. Oh, yeah. When I'm drinking. Well, sure. I mean, that's fine if you're planning on drinking a bunch, but a serving is five ounces. Yeah. For reals. That's the, that's the like, eight, when they say a serving of wine, it's five ounces. Okay. Yeah. So this glass is probably a 10-ounce glass, would be my guess. Maybe, maybe more, 12 ounces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. It's all good, though. No, I was saying because it was like I had poured myself like a little sip and you're you're pouring yourself a whole yeah. cup full. But that's cool. Then we didn't, we, we didn't open your wine. 
No, we can now do that too. Now so we we're can... gonna do. We're gonna have to do multiple drink rolls. Yeah, we yes. have many bottles. We just finished the first bottle. We we're taking this show right across the line, aren't we? We're gonna do this like a massive five-hour pre-heroes. <laughs> gotta edit it. I'll, yeah. Well, edit. After, after my shower in the morning, I'll you know you can finish editing. You'll still be editing, and then I'll just let you know you can. It's your turn. Twenty minute after we're done with this, it's going I up. You. I have everything prepared. The You're images, the, the images See, are. I up. wish, I wish I could be that close to the microphone because where I, when I sit at home, my mm-hmm. desk, this is pretty much where. It, well, it's angled more towards me, but it's it's off to the side, so I'll sometimes have to, which is why I'll sometimes. And it still gets headphones. you real. I think because I think you sound the best out of all of us. I don't. Really? I have to jack my levels, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the gain that now my gain is is set the exact same way as your gain. Okay. We'll see how it works. But. All right. And yes, Vince and I did bring our mic stands. Just to make Jason feel so bad, he, he tried to drag the couch through the room of the great shit out of my dog. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> poor things. <sighs> so there we go. All right. So, so why are we together? That's we haven't established yes. that. Well, tomorrow we are hopping on a plane, unfortunately, <laughs> and and we're flying out to Charlotte, North yes. Carolina, for the Heroes Con 2018, along with. Uh, a huge posse. A posse. A significant Massive, posse. Yeah. yeah. EOC is going to be representing down there. It's our home show. At this point, it pretty much is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mario kind of twerked me. Or tweaked me. He didn't twerk me. That would be very uh-huh. unpleasant. Mario kind of tweaked me because he saw... Uh, if you don't know Heroes Con, Heroes Con has an auction Saturday night. Yes. And uh, which is a lot of fun. A lot of fun. We get all turned. Even if you don't bid on it, just 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 to see all the art, just yeah. to see everybody yeah. have a good time. And before you continue, shout out to Seneca and Seth Wilson who were yes. the life of the party last. Week. They were. They were awesome. Yes. I hope they're there again this they, year. Oh, they are, yeah. and they are. Yes, they will be. Great. Well, Seneca got all bent out of shape because I called him Seth on. Yes, yeah, he was. He said, "I'll let my brother know though. Thanks. Look it out." <laughs> Are you, are you, are you, you got to speak into the microphone too, oh, because bad. we don't okay. want to, we okay. don't want to lose you. You said everything sounded fine. It did, but you got to get up Our on respect. it. Pretend, respect. It, pretend it's a blonde. Um, I'm not you, dude. I know. I so, long story short, the auction is on Saturday night. Dave Wachter did an amazing Gladiator Hulk from Planet Hulk. Yeah, it it's great. phenomenal. And I saw it and I'm like, okay, I know what I'm bidding on, but Mario has to say, I'm going to bid on this. So now there's going to be a little bidding war, and Jason will probably, which is fitting, knock me up because I. Well, I'm just going to bid you up. I'm, I have no intention right. of winning the piece, but I bid you up on Domino. But it, year, yeah. it wasn't much. It was like maybe but it's maybe still fifty bucks. Though, it <laughs> but it was going. That piece just makes me salty even thinking about it. Does, does it really? Yeah. No. Yeah, we'll yeah. tell you later. Why? Oh, okay. Now we can tell him now. Oh, if you're fine with oh, it, I'm out. Cool. Oh, man, like, I he listens. I know. I don't give a shit. Um, so you guys may recall if you listened last year that I won the one, there was only one domino piece in the auction. And so it became a thing where I had to win it. And I think I would have paid like five, five fifty, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did. You don't think? Really? Yeah. It's the, what is it? A La Fuente? Who did? No, who did it? no, no, no. No, no. If it was La Fuente, it would be, it be salty. <laughs> uh, but I won, I won the piece and it was, um, by Jeff DeCall. Oh, okay. I get it. And, um, so the next day, the way it works is with the auction is you win the piece, um, you get the piece that right then and there you go and you sign out, you pay for it, and however way you know usually have a credit card on file, you, they hand you the piece. So the next day at the con, I bring it by Jeff because uh, I love to get my artwork personalized, and I bring it to his table and I pull it out and I say, oh, I won this piece last night, I love it so much, can you sign it to me? And 
no, no, like, oh, that's cool that you bought it, or oh, that's great, I'm glad I went to a good home. He just looks at me and he says, he says, um, you know, have you ever looked at my stuff before? And I said, sure. And he goes, well, because this has been in my portfolio for for the whole show, and you could have had it for two hundred bucks. Oh. And I'm like. And Not tell, a good look. And no, telling me that is for what? I mean, because the auction is for a good cause. It goes to supporting the show. All the proceeds go to Shelton, who uses the money to fund, next fund the next year. And, and, and Heroes is one of those shows that uh, brings in a lot of the artists, um, puts them up, flies them in, puts them in a hotel. So this is kind of a self-perpetuating thing. So I wasn't even mad. I mean, I definitely knew I was overpaying for the size of the piece and all that, but it's for a good cause. And then he made me feel like absolute shit. So um, if it wasn't Domino, I would have probably crinkled it up and burned it, but I can't do that to wow. my Wow. Because so. So, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was working on it during the show, like Friday and Saturday. Because what's great is that at the, on the con floor, there's a section where they have a whole bunch of easels and, and, and materials for the artists to sit and, um, and prepare their pieces for the auction Saturday night. Um, so I thought Jeff had worked on it earlier, and then maybe you have seen it. But um, regardless, it was not a uh, yeah. It was not a cool move. I remember that. I remember mm-hmm. that happening. Yeah, that would kind of turn me a little yeah. away too. And what's funny though is that it's not. There have been other instances where people have tried to get Jason. To commission Jeff. And yes, that's true. Jason wasn't feeling it. That's especially true. In, I don't think he's an artist of a, a caliber that would... No, it's not well, even a caliber the thing. It was a price yeah. issue. Yeah, yeah. Years ago, he always tables next to a, a couple of other artists that we, we do get along with well. And they always would say, oh, you should get something from my boy. And a few years ago, I reached out to him. And uh, at the time, he was asking for a price that I thought was exorbitant. I mean, it was... Two three x what anyone else that I was getting from um, was charging, and again, no disrespect to him, but at the time, I mean, he pretty much had no published work either. So, I uh, I politely declined. So, yeah, he's he's not uh, he and I are like oil and vinegar. Yeah, I guess. But say lovey. But I'm sure they're going to be the auction. My prediction this year is there will be at least I say at least four dominoes this year because of the movie. It seems right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, do we have any... Uh, wow, well, we can actually get up and move around. It's like we're in a studio. Do we have any thank yous? Oh, we have... Um, we have a couple of shout-outs. Yes, there are shout-outs. Uh, check, the, um, check the Slack. There's... Um, I got it. Oh, mention the, uh, the June gift exchange, please. Uh, wow. You're the one that has the details on that, so... Yeah, it's in the... But I'll shout-out... So shout out to uh, Davin Pasek, who actually told us we didn't need to shout him out because he was a, uh, a he was a patron at this level uh, for budgetary reasons, totally understandable. Had ratcheted back, he's back to this level. Um, so he was like, "Oh, no need to reshout me out." But hell, that screw that, brother. You get, get a second shout out. Yeah. So shout out to you, and then shout out to um, uh, one of our new uh, patrons, Mr. Ben Petrilla. So much love to you too, sir. Welcome aboard. Right. And while Daph is opening another bottle of wine, I will tell you about the Patreon. Um, we appreciate 
each and every one of our patrons because they make things like this possible. The conventions and the extra episodes and the books of the months and, and everything that we've been um, doing to not only uh, please the patrons, but to elevate everyone that listens to the show because everyone benefits from the, the Patreon uh, subscribers. And if you would like to check it out, it's patreon.com forward slash 110COMICS and uh, be ready to uh, wallow in the love because there's a lot on that. Nice. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about the comics soon. Are you going to do the book? The uh, Let me do the June. Do the June thing. While, while I'm still um, upright. And while you're looking at that, our book of the month this month is to be determined because we're doing a little something different. Uh, since we're heading to Heroes, we have decided that unlike usual where Dap would put up a poll and you would have already probably voted for it and we would have picked it, we are going to collectively pick something. And uh, we're going to make that the book of the month. So when we get back from Heroes, or even at the show, once we agree on it, we will let you all know what we pick. And of course, it will be something that, as always, that you'll be able to find in easily enough, whether it be, you know... Digital, Amazon, right, right. your library. Um, but we have no idea what we're going to pick yet. We're just going to let the... We're going to walk through the stacks and look at everything and whatever whatever hits us. Right uh, I love I, this idea. Yes. Love it, love and it, love what, it. And what um, I recorded about 10 minutes or so on the drive over You did? Here. Damn, I, did. I forgot to do that. Um, I didn't post it yet, but what I mentioned in the recording was that ideally, Friday, I would like us to see if we could find um, a few... Two or three or four books, collections, whatever. And we'll post a quick poll Friday and have it either end Friday night or early Saturday morning. Right. So then Saturday we can go in and get those. Because I want to do it early. It's like a lightning round. I don't want to risk the the books missing, being sold. So there's going to have to be multiple copies of these. There at least needs to be three copies. Let's just buy them and then put them up to vote on. Uh, if, yes, if there's things that we definitely do want to read anyway, yeah. yes. So we'll, and, okay, which yeah. is fine. If we do see multiple things, then yes. So then Friday afternoon, we'll post the poll like for the weekend. You know. As long as we have them in our possession. Right. Yeah, omnibus for sure. Yeah. And, uh, Three, and then four, we'll, omnibus, we'll five. To. But yes, so, um, like Jason said, though, we will, we'll, whatever, something we find this weekend will be the June book of the month. That's spectacular. Uh, speaking of June, the June Gift Exchange, for those of you uh, who have never participated, um, let's see, it is, okay, if you're interested in participating, shoot an email to pdrummondcontact at gmail.com uh, with the following EOC June Gift Exchange in the subject line, your first and last name, and your location so you can list your shipping preference if it's international or domestic. Um, there is a pinned announcement on the 11 O'Clock Comics Facebook group. You can find information there as well. Uh, this is the last week to participate, so um, nice. get it. Yeah. And while you mentioned Peter Drummond, I have to thank him as well, because I too got a <laughs> package with the aforementioned buttons yes that are awesome yes myopic and many more and he also sent me some production art from commandy 
Oh, no oh, way. Nice. I shit you not. Wow. Yeah. That it's, is it's, awesome. It's, we got to get them in matching frames. Yeah. And you could see the, 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 the holes where they lined it up. And the, yep. the, it's amazing. It so is. I'm going to frame mine. Nice. Yeah, Definitely going to frame mine. For sure. And so thank you, Peter. I'm sorry it took so long. But the, the like I said, my wife stacked the package within the, the regular mail. And I didn't see it. But you demand. All right. Let's talk about the comics. Let's do it. What do we have? Should we start off with uh, the book that had us all, uh, all in going tizzy. crazy in a tizzy when y'all first arrived? I think we should. Um, from Image Comics, right? Yep. Yes. It is a 12-issue maxi-series, but it's a reprint of a series that was done in Italy several years ago by Miss Mirka Andolfo. Did it come out today or is it next week? No, it's not out yet. It's not out oh, yet. Okay. This is a preview. We were sent a, by the fine folks at Image. We were sent a, a review copy. Uh, review copies, rather. And it, Mirka did this book in her native Italy um, a few years back uh, before she was a name in American comics. And uh, like any good opportunist, Image said, oh, now that you're a name here, why don't we bring your book over? Uh, it is called The Unnatural. Mm. And it is an anthrop- anthropomorphic, uh, sexy love story of sorts, right? I mean... Comedy, yeah. love comedy, like romantic rom com, maybe. It, it's also social commentary. It's, yeah, oh, it's yeah, yeah. No, definitely no. pulled. There's a lot of hot button topics in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, Mirka has a, a way with the ladies, and mm, uh, she does. You know, she really kind of made a name for herself. Oh, here comes my firstborn. We're nice. gonna embarrass him by putting him on the air. What up? What's up, Colin? Hi. I don't know. Did you say hi to Vince earlier? I don't think you saw him. Okay. What's up, man? Oh, here comes our dog now. Isaac, boy. <laughs> hey, Carl, thanks for coming to get in chance earlier. I appreciate that. He was hiding his stash. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I went to get him and he wouldn't come to me. You did? Yeah. But I, I think the deal uh, with this book is that there's a large potential for this thing to be a, a breakout book. Oh, definitely. Because, because of the hot button topics that are at the core of this thing. Well, let, let's just tell them what the deal is with this. Um, main character's name. It, is, it, is it Lizzie? I mean, she's an anthropomorphic pig. Leslie. Leslie, I'm sorry. She's an anthropomorphic pig. And she's be ha- having these recurring dreams of her getting it on. With a? With a wolf. Which is awesome. Because when right. you think of the three little pigs, you think right. of a wolf. And so he's, he's a bad boy. It's a play on taboo love. Sure. Yes. Sure. Because, and that's what's great is that, let alone that that's taboo. But as you get deeper into the issue, you realize that this society frowns right. on interspecies relationships. Yes. When you're... When you're Even same-sex species relationships. That's my one criticism of the book. I think it would have been nicer and subtler to just make the point that they frowned on interspecies dating. The fact that they took the time to say they frowned on interspecies and same sex seemed a little bit like she was not sure if she was going to get the social commentary all the way through if she just stuck with the species thing. I see. I don't see it that way because really? because if they frown upon interspecies, they're certainly going to frown but, upon same sex. No, but J- to Jason's point, the, the idea is you need to reproduce. And you're not going to be able to reproduce if you're same sex. Right. So they would, therefore, frown upon that. Okay, no. I see what you're saying. All yeah. Right. That's the one I'm talking uh, about. But that's the deal. Because mm-hmm. um, in this society, in this world, 
um, you are basically a breeder. When you reach the age of 25 and you're not married already, they find a suitable partner for you in order for you to procreate, to, to keep, to continue the species. And, um, cross species sex is, is frowned upon. It's not allowed. And like Jason said, same sex is definitely frowned upon. And they, Mirka does it in this little cartoon public service announcement that's really cool. Like these, uh, it's a cat and a dog, right? And they, they find something in each other uh, attractive and they're, they're all lovey dovey. And someone comes in and says, uh, 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 kids, this is not right. And you can actually hear the music in the background. And, um, so but she keeps having these recurring dreams of, of a wolf and it's really distracting her. It's getting her on. It's getting her hot and it's getting the reader hot because Mirka's artwork is mm-hmm. absolutely stellar. The panties, the see-through negligee, the, the little the, tail that sticks out of the yes, panties. Yes. Yes. Uh, but and she's a pig, so she's a little zoftig. Thick, yeah. yeah. But, but she's curvy, though. Yeah. She's sexy. She she's, has a classic. She's, she's classically In the real world, you'd be like, this girl's following. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it, it is a mature reader's title, so there is... A, a smattering of nudity some, in yes, it. It's not explicit at all. It's it's very tastefully done. It's very gorgeously done too. I have to admit that I was feeling some kind of very good way Ooh. after reading this issue. Yeah, I like knowing. But that. it's 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 sad because um, the main character feels adrift. She feels lost because she she's having these dreams. She can't act upon them. One because she doesn't know whether this person is physical or not like is this a real person or is she just having dreams is it her subconscious acting these things out and even if he was alive was real she couldn't act upon it anyway because it's illegal she has a job in which her her boss is a scumbag yes but and he's a, a and there crocodile is no, there, there's no but i'm sorry what was um, alligator crocodile what i found yeah um <laughs> when when her best friend who is gay Derek. Mm-hmm. Um, who's a great character as well. He is, he's in her corner. And when, when the manager of the restaurant, the club is very hands on, is very lewd. How could you not? I know know it's wrong, but, but he's also older and skeevy. Um, she, she accepts it by phrase. It's just words. You know, it doesn't. She's not letting it affect her because. Well, basically, he told her, "If you want to ever right. exist in this position, you're going to have to put out. Because you're going to have to suck some dick." Because she's also because she is right? a little on the thick yeah. side. Her uniform isn't as form fitting, or she's sticking out a little. Which bit. was probably done intentionally. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, um, because for the most part, the rest of the um, of the people. The, the the rest of the staff consists of like cats, um, thinner, slimmer species, right? Uh, Athletic, yeah. So they can fit, yeah, in in the outfit in the uniform better than uh, than she can. Although I mean, it looks great on her, um, but she's she's kind of, uh, I guess. Accepted her role in, in reluctantly. This yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she and her her friend 
has a is in a gay relationship and he comes to her and says i have an idea you're almost of age why don't you marry my significant other my boyfriend yeah, yeah we're his boyfriend we'll get rich you may even get pregnant so you can like reproduce it'll yep. be awesome we'll be living high on the hog no pun intended and and everything will be great and she's like seriously and that's when he says well your dreams aren't exactly legal you know and she gets all pissed off because he dropped a bomb on her yes and and but it's also really not, not legal, the first time she. he's dropped it right so right. you know at this point she's also like listen i i get it i know don't pressure me um I have my own shit to figure out. Right. Did, did, I'm sorry, because I was. Did you guys talk about the tax? Well, no. Right. Just that he, we he were did going say to that, yeah. Okay, yeah. We live high on the hog. So yeah. this is again. This is a little bit of social commentary, which may be a little bit lost in the U.S. So they refer to, although they don't explicitly explain that there's a tax. So if you are single in this society, you pay 25 percent income tax <laughs> on top of whatever you'd normally be taxed. So God. in essence, it basically puts you in the poorhouse, which is why, as you guys were saying. Her friend was like, why don't you marry my partner? So then none of us have to pay the tax and we can all live high on the hog, no pun intended. Um, and this is not th- – th- this this kind of thing is uh, a commentary on her home country of Italy because Italy, for those that don't know, is uh, perpetually indebted. I mean they, they um, you know, they're kind of always on the verge of bankruptcy as a country and um, it's a very happy country. It's one of those weird things where, you know, uh, from a macroeconomic perspective – Italians are generally very happy and content, even though they you're always in debt. And like, Cosine. Well, I just mean people really live in Italy, but okay, gotcha. you too. Um, and and <laughs> so, even though we don't have a tax like that here um, in Italy, there are social taxes. Uh, there's nothing analogous to a 25 percent tax for being simple, but but it's again, it's a, her commentary on sort of this idea of this. Uh, um, in in a lot of countries in Europe now are somewhat. Um, uh, all about social, you know, it's everything is taxed. So there's social taxes and everything to help sort of keep things going because nobody has jobs and nobody really has retirement savings. So, um, so it, 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 it was a very, it was a very Italian thing. Like it's an Italian complaint, not something you hear about in the U S um, comparably, but right. But there, there's also a benefit if you follow the script and you do get, you know, marry and reproduce, then you get the break. But if you don't, you're penalized. And there is legal repercussions, i.e. jail time, yeah. if you deviate to the part where it's a same-sex relationship and you're found out. That's what I, see, now that's, I know that there are some, some countries, maybe Cuba, I know like the Snaggle Plus Chronicles touched on it, but there are some countries that really do not approve of that lifestyle. Is Italy one of those countries? No. No, Italy's very socially... That's what I thought. Yeah. My people. That's right. Yep. Get like where you fit in. people. Right, right. But um, I said it to these guys after I read it. I I, uh, I think that there's a huge potential for this book to take off. Because... This, I mean, it is 12 issues. These are so the things that are on everybody's lips these right. days. And it's... It, it's and it, it helps that it's gorgeous. Oh, it absolutely is. The, the coloring is fantastic. Is this... Aside from, aside from the translation, obviously, the English words... Is this exactly the way it was originally? Was I, it black and white, or? Oh no, I think this is exactly as it was. Okay, because the colors are fantastic. They are, and unfortunately, because of our preview PDF, we don't get the cover, we don't get the credits. Um, and if you try and save a page interiors. from that, it dumps the dialogue balloons. Of course, it does. Yeah. It's a different layer because it's, it's a PDF. Yeah. It's on a layer. Um, but this is it, it's 
it's gorgeous. If it wasn't on your order, fix that. Oh, as soon as I saw the the cover of the front, I'm like, damn. This oh, is- I, I believe, but I, I, and normally I'm the type of person who I'd rather, if a variant cover is offered, I like to support the interior artist. But right. Since this is hers. Yeah. I went with the Milo variant. Even for the few cents more, I went with the Oh, Milo you got the Monaro? I did. Nice. Well, why wouldn't you? Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, come yeah. on. But, I mean, she may draw a little bit of criticism for this because there are socially relevant themes within the book that are very important and are part of our daily lives these days. But her main character is sexy as hell. Absolutely. And I'm thinking that may deter a little bit from... People accepting this as a valid criticism because it, it, it's all social I mean, commentary. But here's but, the thing. I mean, but it's created by a woman, right? Sure. And I think that's important, right? Very. Like, like in no disrespect to Adam Warren, who we were all fans of, and he'll actually beat Heroes Con uh, for his first time. Is he doing commissions? Yeah, uh, yeah. For the hero, uh, he'll be at the Hero. Uh, you no. Um, Power. But, you know, Adam's a man, and so he does a very sexy comic, and I think people sometimes unfairly push it off as just, you know, pure wild cheesecake because of that. But I don't know. I mean, with Mirka being a well-regarded, strong woman in the industry right now uh, on the come-up, I think it's cool that her, like, her and and Laura Braga and Maria Sinopo and a whole, and Emanuela Lupacino, all these, not probably not coincidentally Italian women, have been really gaining ground in mainstream comics, and... They're all women who draw sexy as hell women. They do. I think, yeah. uh, you know, at a time now where the industry is wrestling with issues of gender and racial inclusion and stereotype and that sort of thing, and some of it's founded, some of it's probably overdone, but either way, it's certainly a big issue right now. I love that you have this group of kick-ass women drawing sexy women, just reminding people that drawing sexy characters is not inherently wrong. It's not inherently bad storytelling. Um, it's It's... There's something to that, right? right. It's not, it doesn't have to be either or. Like, like the, every you know, you don't have to sort of run away from the idea of drawing physically perfect creatures or people. But that's the thing. I was going to go there. The depiction of the main character is not within the boundaries of the what is accepted as the perfect woman these days. She's she's a little she's a little thick. But don't you think that that is uh, somewhat offset by the fact that she's a Porcine? She's a pig. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. But, I mean, you could be a thin pig. I don't think everyone, every pig is portly. No? I don't think so. They don't have to be. You can be. Because the dude didn't look chubby. He's not a, he's like a goat. Which dude? No, he's a pig. The one that, the the one that he tried. Oh, his his boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, right. Was a pig. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we just got a head shot. Yeah, we just got a face, though, of that. He's probably got a pop belly bit on bump. But what I'm saying is it's not an Adam Adam Hughes woman in the title role of this right. film. Right. No, yeah. It's yeah. it's a it's a um, a very curvy, classically proportioned pig that is not like if you if you saw her, I mean, yeah, she's extremely attractive, but she's not athletic attractive and she's not mm-hmm. runway model thin. Attractive. She's mm-hmm. she's got some meat on her bones, which is awesome. Because I mean, listen, she is. 
you know I bust. I mean, I've, I've made a, probably some inappropriate remarks about faith as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, but this woman, yeah, I mean, I she is, this girl, and even in the comic, they make a reference, or other people have referenced her as being too, too, too chubby. But she's sexy as hell. No, she's gorgeous. She's yeah. Absolutely. You know, this reminds it's me all a lot in the of eyes, a, too, right? Yeah, this reminds me of Black Sad a little. Yeah. Juan Gordon, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say that I think Mirka does more with the anthropomorphology, if that's the word. Right. In that a, a female pig, even if she's sexy as hell, should be so, soft and round, right? Yeah. Like, Gornito does beautiful work. I love his work. But but most of the animals are bombshell-looking humanoid figures with, with animal faces. Whereas, right. You know, her, like the, the, the lizard, you know, the crocodile boss is super skinny and, you know, jagged teeth and a long neck. And, you know, so I, I think she does a, a little bit better job um, keeping the zoological aspects of these figures in it. So, right. Yeah. It's a great, great issue. I mean, I, yeah. she was very excited about this. I think she mentioned to us at New York Comic Con that it was going to come to the States, and um, I'm sure she's overjoyed uh, that it's finally here, and I hope it's a huge hit. I hope yeah. it is. Yeah. It's a one-woman show, and I think, I hope, that it does very well for her because uh, we need more of this. Mm-hmm. It, it um, and it's probably a phrase you'll hear a couple times from me tonight, but it, it, it scratches that itch that, uh, that I, I used to get from Omaha, the cat dancer. Mm-hmm. So, which was filthy, which was absolutely filthy. Right. I mean, this that, was, not that, that was straight yeah. up hard. It's not nearly porn. This right. Was, no, this is aside from her in the bathtub relaxing the day away, and you see. But there's really nothing wrong with sex. No, there right? isn't. Which no. is which is insane that we among consenting adults. We're not talking the stuff I talk about. <laughs> right. No. It, the, yeah. the, 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 listen, and I can go down a whole other right. avenue where we talk about how backwards this country can be when it comes to violence and sex. Right, right. And sure. Which, where, where we try to focus. These puritanical roots that we have. It's strange. So, yeah. Yeah. So we have a bonus for our Patreon subscribers. We're going to record a little bit of video. Yes. Yeah. I, I stupidly forgot the tripod. We don't need a tripod. No, I'll hold it and whatnot. We don't need a tripod. We'll do some... We'll pass it around. We'll pass it around. They um, don't care. Shout out to uh, our boys, Brian Vander, who will be set up at Heroes Con. Was it uh, AA52? Yeah, AA Table 52. Uh, Our boys, Cliff Lewis and Justin Loback, and our fourth roommate for the weekend, Mario Muscar. Who will not be able to speak on Saturday. Right. Yep. Well, in the karate chop. I'm going to oh, disable no, his wing. Oh, right. You've got to break his arms, though. All he has to do is raise the panel. Oh, right. right. I'll He's break his yeah. number. Well, we'll but, just uh, tie him. I don't want to break his arms. I love Mario. We'll just tie him yeah. up. So, uh, Put him in a closet. Because we're, we're sort of having a, a, a constant Heroes Con related chat with them. And they uh, when they found out that we were recording live and thus ignoring them, they were very upset at the idea that they didn't get a shout out. They'd be hurt. So there's a and, shout out, dicks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we will see you in about. A little over twelve hours. Yeah. Um, Except for Vander, who's popping in for a three-hour. Oh yeah, he's got if, yeah, he's got that. Apparently, apparently, Heroes Con is only one day for Vander. The uh, we will have many, many name drops. Sure. Next, we got to write them down too. Yes, I mean, I we know a few people who we're going to see already, but yeah. um, we will definitely be leaving people off. I don't want to insult anybody. Hell no. Um, so, all right, I got something because I have a lot. To cover, okay. and I want to make sure I cover it all. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so do we, though. <laughs> he looks at me with that dead eye. I got you. I love being able to see him. Right? What are you fucking with him? Oh, all right. 
It's a great, it's a great feeling. We have haven't really talked Valiant in a couple episodes, and I think it's time. Okay. No, we can't. I I barely started because I didn't <laughs> have time. I didn't have time. Oh, we I'm should sorry. do it. We should do in person so much more often. Absolutely, we're giving each other a hair I, eyeball, dude. No, this is this is. What All right, I'm how about this if I set you up? I'll set you up with the prelude. You know, you know why? Why? I, I got home and I finished throwing everything in the car, and I started. I started flipping through it. Here it is. Wait, here is it. Uh, here it is. Harbinger Wars. I'm, I'm right at the page where she got to. Oh damn! You're right? you're you're, right. you're early. But because, but you didn't tell me that Raul Allen draws the damn. Well, deck. yeah, because it's mostly so, the right, secret right? weapons. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like because it's secret weapons. All right, like, let me I just to... let me just set you up. Okay. I'll set you up. I won't tell you anything about the first issue, but I have the images in our gallery, so therefore I have to talk about it. <laughs> yes, because God forbid we did. Please. All right. Um, Valiant's event, current event, is called the Harbinger Wars 2. Two. They already did one. Uh, this is two. And uh, they released a prelude issue and a number one. I won't talk about the number one because I want to spoil anything for Mr. Dapp. But you can see that. images from this number one issue on our uh, website, 11oclockcomics.com. Go to this specific episode, 546, and you'll see all these images of which Harbinger... Harbinger Wars number one is in there, but for the prelude, we have Eric Heiserer is the writer, and as Dap mentioned, rightly so, because he was the author of the phenomenal Secret Weapons. Yes. Oh, so good, so good. Yeah, uh, art by Raúl Allen and Patricia Martin, with additional colors and inks by Borja Pindando. Um, basically, the deal in the Valiant Universe right now is the Psyots are akin to the mutants in the Marvel Universe. Um, the Feds are running scared because there have been a prol- proliferation of Psyots. Everywhere these guys are popping up, these superpowered human beings are popping up, and uh, the Feds don't like it. So what they do is they cozy up with Omen. And remember, Omen was... A black ops organization which is formed from the ashes of what? Project Rising Spirit. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, And what the feds and Omen are doing is they're eliminating, they're exterminating the Psyots. Reduce the population, thin the herd, eliminate the competition, right? Because we don't want to have to be dealing with these kids that can do all this fantastic stuff. It's not good. Um, So we get Amanda McKee. We know her as Livewire. She is, uh, the first page of this issue is beautifully illustrated by Raul and Patricia. Amanda can tap into the data stream. In fact, she can't not tap into the data stream. It's always there for her. Which I love, the the coffee shop. Yeah. It's background noise. She hears, uh, she can hear the massive waves of data transmission. She's awash in emails and text messages and forum replies and SoundCloud and Facebook and, and, and Reddit and all this stuff. And she, she, she hears it in quotes all the time because she's tapped into the, the flow. Um, but what she does is she frequents a cafe called Serenity Cafe, which electronics are verboten in this place. So it's no cell phones, no Wi-Fi, no laptops. Yes. She she gets to she gets a little bit of quiet, and um, while she's there, she's forced into a meeting with Homeland Security Director Givens. 
and she's taken to a Syat dampened room. They know Amanda has the secret weapons hidden away. And and they want their location. Now, if you didn't read the the secret weapons mini Shame on you. Shame on you. Because you got Owen Cho, Nikki Finch, and Avi Malakar. They were the survivors of the Secret Weapons Mini. And, and Amanda has moved them to a safe location. And uh, the feds, uh, or Givens, is like, we want their location. And Livewire's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. You guys have a lot to answer for. Not the least of which are the recent events in Rook, Michigan. Which ties into Harbinger Renegade that David did not finish, so I will not. Right, yes. I will not reveal that, but it it doesn't end well. And he counters with, "Yeah, okay, you know, if we have a lot to answer for, what about the scavenger dude in Secret Weapons? What happened to him? He was he was murdered. Your kids were involved. So it it goes back and forth and back and forth, and um, Amanda gets a split second." Break from the uh, the sci- the sci- dampers. The air conditioning kicks kicks over and it drains the 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 power and and acts or at is it at or acts? It's at right. The her buddy, the hacker guy. I think it's at. it's a ampersand. So oh, it's, so it's at. Yeah. It's at. Um, he he <laughs> ten- sends her a, a, a bunch of messages and he's like, "There's something going down." And it's called Operation Chimney Sweep, and your kids are being targeted. And Amanda naturally freaks out. Um, and we have uh, a man called Major Charlie Palmer, yeah. who, if, if you read uh, Harbinger Renegade, you'd know who this guy is. Uh, most of the blood is on his hands. He is, he targets Amanda's kids. And um, we, if you blinked in, I think it was the second issue of Secret Weapons, you saw Lucia. But if you read the zero issue, Owen's story, yes, you know who Lucia is, right? Now. Okay, well, Lucia, I'm spoiling a little bit for that, but that's part of the game. Uh, Lucia shows up. She has a thing for Avi. Yes. Yes. And um, the feds come in, the bullets fly, things happen, and Amanda's very, very pissed to the point where she shuts down everything. She drops all the power grids, no electronics, no telecommunication, no internet, no data transmission, nothing. The satellites that were in geosynchronous orbit plummet. Aww. Were you doing U2 or were you doing Lou Reed? Dave it's Matthews through Dave band. Matthews Band. Jesus. <laughs> I thought you were doing Satellite That's why Love. That's like, oh, no. I says, no, this is going to end badly. He wasn't doing Satellite, Lo- Satellite Love? No. Never mind. Back it up. And uh, so the satellites are plummeting to Earth. <laughs> Everything is kicked back to the Dark Ages. And that's where Harbinger Wars 2, number one, starts off. And I won't tell you right, what happens. This is the prelude. But it's essentially Civil War. In the Valiant Universe. You okay. have your teams. You have Team Cap and Team Iron Man, like you did. What team is Faith on? She's on Team Cap. Oh, I'm rooting for Team Iron Man. 
I can tell you who's on Team Iron Man so far. You you could almost assume who's on Team Iron Man. Harada? Harada's no, Harada's out of the picture. Oh, I thought he might come back. It's an event. No. Well, no, not not yet. Look but, at the disdain. All right. So, 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 how do you not know about who, Harada? Fully who, up on the who is going to toe the line in the Valiant Universe? Who's more likely to toe the line? Ninja K. Yep. Uh, I like to be called Ninja K. Just kidding. Well, that's the new title, right? Ninja Dash. Yeah. yeah. Who else? Um, if it's Team Iron Man, who would you assume? Exo. Yeah. They tell Exo. But wait. We can't guarantee that there? he came back. From it, they don't tell you if you're reading EXO, the off-planet stuff. They yeah. don't tell you what happened between the time that he. Um, yeah, it's like Justice League with Plastic Man in the right, background. Right, when right, the right. Terrifics is oh, still we got going on. Plastic so. Man a little bit. I didn't read that yet, motherfucker. So you got EXO and Ninjax and Gate. No, our Team Iron Man and, and Hot Mike. <laughs> who, so who would you guess would be Team Cap? Amanda. Or who else? Uh you're 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 preying on the fact that I'm not really savvy on the My body. boy. Boy. Turok. Bloodshot. Oh <laughs> even though Turok is a dynamite book. I that's alright. That's alright. Kidding, dude. I said that on purpose. Relax. Relax. Yeah. No, it's great, but I mean, we've lived this before in the Marvel universe. So this is the valiant version of Civil War. I think it's great. Um what's gonna happen, who knows? The art on the uh Harbinger Wars number one is by Thomas Giarello, so it's flipping gorgeous. Written by your boy, Matt Kent. Of course. Right. Who will be heroes. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Right. He was there last year. Yes. Right. But, I mean, if you are looking for a break from the norm and are not vested in the Valiant Universe, I think this is a good place to start. Sure. Because you get the leanings of the political leanings of each character. You, You know where they stand in this struggle. I think it's great. And it, real. And, and it's easy to get into this because, like I said, if you've read Marvel for any amount of time, this is the mutants versus humanity trope. This is the, the mutant or the uh, metahuman registration concept from Civil War. Mm-hmm. We, we've done this. But this is Valiant Stab at it. And it works for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sorry for spilling a little bit of the beans for that. That's all right. He's not paying attention to you. I think he is. He's not. We need more video. I just threw a video up on the on the Patreon. But you throw more. I will. I will. You need to finish your wine so you can try this coffee stuff. Oh, see, I've been, I would have been like three glasses in so far. I know. Do mm-hmm. I drink it too fast? Do I not enjoy it? No. No, I don't know. If you enjoy it, you enjoy it. I think you will like this. I don't know how Jason's feeling about it. This is called... Did we, did we say? Why don't no, you speak on we were, we were, Oh, we were, nice. We were ready for you to get on. This is the, the wine that... Dap's beautiful woman, wife, significant other, boss of the house, uh, Renee, gave to me. It's the Apothic Brew in fruit, oh boy, (laughs) infused with cold brew coffee. Now, normally I don't like the cold brew coffee, but in a wine, it's room temperature. Right. Uh, While you're pouring that. Oh, it's dark. I have to shout out Domino Number Three came out today. It's gonna hit your nose before you're uh, written by Gail Simone. Oh, I smell the coffee. No kidding. Yes. I'm sorry. With art by David Baldeon. Um, not gonna go in depth, but I just need to call out my girl. Continuation of the first arc where Dom is battling a, a woman named Topaz uh, and a mysterious older gentleman who have a, 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 a has a grudge to uh, to pick with Dom from back in her past, although she doesn't know why or how yet. 
Topaz can take away powers of anyone that she chooses. She can basically turn the X-Gene off, so she has been able to remove Domino's luck power from her while they fight, which makes it pretty hard for Domino to win the fight. Uh, in this issue, we, uh, we go in the Wayback Machine. We get, uh, we get uh, a lot of glimpses into Domino as a child when she was being get done, when they were doing tests on her. Um, and I love that Baldeon and his, uh, his artistic team, um, they, they do it in black and white, which I think is cool to do the, no the flashbacks. Kidding. Yeah. yeah um, and you see a 10-year-old Domino. She's the last survivor of a dozen mutants they were working on. And they're trying to induce her to use her powers, and she, she either can't or won't. So uh, they try and tase her. They try and uh, then they, they end up basically giving her a kitten as a pet, and then they threaten to kill the kitten in hopes that it would induce her power, and it does, although she uses it to attack one of the guys instead. Um, but yeah, like she's having these flashbacks, and I'm guessing that somehow Topaz and this um, older gentleman must be tied back to this Weapon X type program that she was involved with, and we get to the point where they punish her by giving her the eye tattoo and all that sort of stuff. So that's all very cool. Um, I really think the charm of this book is, is with the ensemble cast. I think that. Uh, um, we, we get a glimpse of when she first meets Diamondback. Um, we get uh, uh, Crazy Inez and, and Diamondback are, are stoked to go on a trip with Domino um, to a, a uh, exotic locale, but she says she doesn't need them to come, but uh, they're not trying to hear that. Amadeus Cho is a part of the crew, at least for now. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, 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 you know, again, it's the middle of an arc, so, um, you know, sort of continuation of what's already been going on, but... But Baldeon's having a lot of fun with this book. And I will say, uh, as someone who collects a shit ton of Domino art, Baldeon has made the point recently where he's gone out of his way to not over-sexualize this book. Um, and, you know, at the risk of sounding hypocritical since we were just praising Unnatural for how sexy it was. Um, I like that they're doing it just in the sense that, um, you know, for, for this, Domino's never been able to carry a book ever in her career. So if, if this is going to have a shelf life, I think it does have to be somewhat more of an all-ages appeal. And appeal to female readers, so I like that they're they're taking that approach. Um, and in essence, uh, she is looking to figure out the connection with Topaz and all that, and she is sent to a, uh, a place called Lantau Island to meet up with someone who can help her hone her chi, her power, um, and basically be able to, to be effective without her luck power. And, uh, um, you know, spoilers to those of you who, uh, who care, uh, if, you, if you don't want to know who that person is. Although, if you've seen the solicit for issue number four, you can probably guess. But uh, she shows up on the person she's sent to meet and learn about her powers as Shang-Chi. Master so, of Kung Fu. Master of Kung Fu. And it's was clear, that racist? I'm sorry. Did pretty it, racist, was yeah. Was it? Yeah, it's pretty bigoted. That's cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, uh, it looks like Domino and Shang-Chi are going to uh, become <laughs> somewhat of back. a love interest. So... So I'm, this uh, is so much fun doing this in the same I room. It seriously is. Um, so what are you? Imagine we're all paying attention. To so this apophic is interesting. It it tastes a lot like coffee. It does. It, it hits I don't your nose think so. first. I think it has a little bit, not a whole I think lot. It tastes a lot like. Coffee. I, think, I love it because I smell it. But like, I drink coffee. I drink like you do. So do I. All day long. I think if I just tell myself it's a coffee beverage, I'm going to enjoy it a lot more than if I tell myself it's wine. No, this is yeah. better than cafe. Oh, it's definitely better than cafe. Yeah. No, I don't it's, think it's better than cafe. No, well, because it's, where your it's like a hybrid. Yes, I, but I think the problem is it hits your nose before it hits I agree. your tongue. I agree. No, I'm I'm getting this this beany right kind of warmth in my throat. Okay. I, I, I prefer love it. the gentleman's collection for the record. Yeah, I do too. The reason why my wife evinces apothic brew is because she's a big coffee drinker like Vince, and. 
You forget that she loves really the part. Enjoyed it, and she what? And she loves me, of course. Um, she does. So suck it. I don't. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you'll be able to find this at your place. No. Where they get the jugs. No, no, no. no. Um, no they don't no. make this in jugs, but... Dick. It's... it's big, <laughs> big, 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 dick. It's all you it's are. It's one of those things where... So, you know, I, I'll... It's a limited edition, I think, but next time we're at that shop, I'll, I'll pick up a couple bottles. So the I wine had a brownish tint, though. That'd be cool. Well... This is... It's still purple. I mean, it's not bad. I taste the wine. I, I enjoy it, mm-hmm. but... Of the two we've had so far this evening. It's, yeah, it's just an expectations thing. Now that I know what it tastes like, I'm going to enjoy it more. It, it just took me back at first. I'm like, oh, this is right. pretty much like drinking coffee. But Yeah. Which I drink coffee all day long, so. I, yeah. And it doesn't linger or anything like that. It's not an offensive mm, taste. Not at all. Um, back to the comics, maybe? Yes. We have something that we all also read. Mm-hmm. Although, I, I read issue number two. I don't think you guys did. No, I did I, not want yeah, to go down no, that road. Yeah, because he... Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I said, nope. Because I think the first issue is so rich, conceptually rich, that if we go into the second issue, it would... I don't know. Um, it's published by Boom. <laughs> in a very upscale format. Cardstock covers, uh, no ads, no in-house bric-a-brac until the very end of the book, which I love, Right? There are two double-page maps in the first issue. That's a main line right to my heart, especially in the fantasy genre, which is this is. Written by Simon Spurrier, illustrated by Matthias Bergara, with color assist by Michael Doig. It is Coda, number one. First blush. I was blown away. Were you not? I was blown away. Yes? Okay, two for two. Absolutely. Yay! All right. I mean, we love Bergara from Cannibal. We do. Mm -hmm. But this is a very complex fantasy world. This issue suffers no fools. No. No, no, no. It doesn't. Yeah, it, I could see. I could see a lot of people being like, "I'm not." I, uh, right. You got. You got to commit to it. You, like you have to. You have to open your mind every, and figuring it all out. Every scene transition has a concept that is alone. Could have been an issue. Like yeah, in, all, in yeah. the beginning, yeah. we get a man, and he's he's rooting through the bowels of a dragon. But dragons are immortal, as we yeah, know. Yeah, that wrote me in. And this dragon has, well, he's seen better days. He's a skeleton. His his corporeal right. form is dissolving. It's 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 basically he's just basically skin on. Desiccated bones, yeah. and but the dragon is still aware of what's going on. He's like, "Kill the rats in my bowels! They're, they they bother me." Um, basically, it all stems from an event called the Quench, which we don't know about. Well, we know the the big picture. Well, we yeah, but there was a Dark Lord right. who scoured the planet with his armies and basically ravaged the land and the people. And the culmination of this this endeavor. Means that there's no new magic. That's where they wrote me in because the idea. How many fantasy stories have we read? A million, and it always basically comes down to evil guy right about to take over the world or end the world, and he gets stopped. Yeah. And this is what happened if the dude actually won, and then years later, what happened? Yeah. Like, what, this what would the is the follow. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So no more new magic. So magic in this environment is very 
It's at a commodity. A precious it, it, commodity. It's, it's a precious commodity, right? So we have a man, uh, a former bard, whom we only know as Mr. Hum. We never get his name. It's what someone else calls him. Right. right? And uh, he's on a mission to retrieve his wife, Serta. <laughs> she has been captured by the Urken. And the Urkens are... Uh, they're orcs, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Big, big, dumb, stupid, um, muscle-bound creatures who have the um, infamous distinction of being the race that single-handedly killed all the elves in this scenario. Mm-hmm. So he's rooting for treasure in, in the bowels of this immortal <laughs> dragon, um, and and he, he pulls out a very curious three-peaked badge that leads him to Ridgetown, um, a place that's unique for a number of reasons. Uh, they seem to have an endless supply of acker, and acker is the vernacular for aqua anima, which is distilled magic. Ridgetown has a surplus of magic, and everybody doesn't know why, but it's, it's just a fact of life. Ridgetown is swimming in magic. Um, they also have a giant weapon with which they defend mm-hmm. themselves. It's called the Doom Launcher. It. It's a giant cannon perched atop the city, which they use to protect the environs. But to do so, they need to have, now if you have a cannon, your your ammunition is cannonballs, which are infused with acker, but... <laughs> it, it's not only accurate, it's iron ore, <coughs> metals. And, and that's the thing. Ridgetown is, is at, a, at a loss for, for metals. They, they desperately need metals to make more ammunition with which to infuse the magic to, to take down the threats. And one of the threats is, what's the giant's name? There's a, there's a, the last giant is, is, on, is teaming up with these bandits to um, once a month they, they uh, raid or they try to raid Ridgetown and the giant has a name back 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 three Thundergog Thundergog and so this is the thing that's going to keep him away but, but when Mr. Hum gets to Ridgetown he follows the badge the badge has three peaks Ridgetown has three peaks he goes there and when he gets there there's a terrorist attack during a, a parade. They parade the cannonballs down the streets of Ridgetown. And, and when he gets there, terrorists have their way and explode a number of, of the shells and, and Mr. Hum saves a street urchin. And that garners the attention of the mayor of Ridgetown, Wanda Satlark. And she says, okay, Here's the deal. I know you're an upstanding guy. You may think you're not. You may be acting all tough and everything, but you saved the kid. You didn't have to save the kid, but you did. So the fact that you did leads me to believe that you're an honorable person. So here's the deal. We got to operate the Doom Cannon. We need iron ore. Get it for us. And, you know, we'll, we'll work out a deal. We'll give you some magic, blah, blah, blah. So in the back of Mr. Hum's mind, he just wants to save his wife. So he goes to see a mermaid, which is on the way. She's in the she's in the the uh, the environs of Ridgetown. They've, it's a number of different locales that encompass the entirety of Ridgetown. And this this mermaid 
um, this aging mermaid called the Murkron um, is in there. And, and he talks to her and he says, you know what? I got to save my wife. You know the deal. Um, let's, let, let's do a deal. I'll get you the Acker from Ridgetown. They supposedly have a lot of it in exchange for a weapon. You make it that can save my wife. Let's do this. And she says, okay, but it's going to take a lot of freaking Acker. You got to do this. So as a, in order for Mr. Hum to gain the trust of the Ridgetown people, she gives him a, a significant amount of metal with which to make the, the balls for the cannon. So he goes back and he's like, he's celebrated. They're having parties. They're making the doom balls. And um, they make him, don't they make him like essentially the sheriff? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he joins the Paladins. The Paladins. And he scoffed at that at first. Uh, he giggled to no end. He, yeah, he thinks it's hysterical that they're stuck in the pomp and circumstance of the pre... Right. The pre... Uh, what's the word? Um, the pre-quench. Quench. The pre-quench. Yeah. Like, uh, like, like, like the, the formality of everything. He right, he doesn't like the quest word. Yeah. He's paired with a, a guy that's still singing the same song. And, and he's very formal and like, we will do justice. And his armor's all shiny. He's got the magical blade. And he's smacked aside by the by the Urkin, but Mr. Hum knows better. He's he's a street level I don't want to say warrior, but adventurer. He doesn't like the word quest. He doesn't want to hear it. For him he has one goal and that's to save his wife. But um Mr. Hum is he's formidable in that he is very smart but he's he will seemingly ebb and flow with the situations just to get his 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 uh accomplish his task like he's going along with these ridgetown people right now <laughs> on the surface but he's i'm thinking he's going to backstab them well he does he's but he didn't take the acker yet because the acker <laughs> as we've seen is being produced by what we're led to believe is the last surviving elf or at least they're, they're cutting pieces. They're rare, yeah. Right, they're cutting pieces off them. And that's where all this magic is coming from. They have an elf chained to a chair. So these, these Ridgetown people, they're not, they're not saints. No. They're, they're torturing this, this elf just to get the magic to, to fuel their, their weapon. And, um, that's where the first issue leaves off. But I thought it was a perfect, absolutely perfect first issue. The art is ungodly. Yeah, and the colors are, such a big part of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't. I think Bergara definitely looks different than he did in Cannibal. Mm. I, mean, I think he looks better with Cannibal. It's a little more straightforward. Yeah. Um, this he lets his freak flag fly a little bit. Um, but some of the character creation is incredible. The uh, the Pentacorn. That's I I didn't mention that because I was going to save it for the end. Oh. Um, Mr. Hum rides what was a unicorn. But he injects it with acker, and it's been mutated to a pentacorn. It's a foul-mouthed steed that helps him out in times of need. Not only does it get him from place to place, but it's it's a vicious thing. And uh, the design of the pentacorn, I think, is is just amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they used it on the cover. Yeah, I mean, and, and we don't know what, how long his wife's been captured, why. Seems she's like captured. it's a long time. Yeah, it does seem like a long time. Um, because she could the, be dead. Yeah, when he runs into the when he goes to see the mermaid, she's like, it's clear that 
his wife's been captured for a long time. Because well, they've had many conversations in the past about what he could do to get her back. Right. He hasn't seen this Murkrone in a while. And she knows that the wife has been captured, which which leads me to believe that the wife's been gone a freaking long yeah. time. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and, and the dude is, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, you, you, you hinted that he, I mean, he does backstab them. Yeah. He's, do, he's doing all this just to be able to get into their acker vaults. And then when he sees the elf, he flays skin from the elf to give himself the power he needs to create a weapon that will allow him to get his wife back. And he's caught doing it, and so he's immediately excommunicated, essentially. Um, or perhaps he is in the second issue. Right. So. But the thing is, <laughs> every 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 yeah, I forgot thanks, the first thanks, issue thanks, thanks, thanks. dude. I forgot. Where, <laughs> I forgot the second. Mr. But that's the thing. Everybody has. <laughs> that's why I'm like, wait. What do you mean? I'm like, I'm like, he did the back. I'm like, you were like, you're like, oh, I bet he's gonna betray him. And I'm like, oh, he did betray him. Like, Shit. Shit. I read his YouTube. My bad. But everybody has maybe a maybe des- a desire in this book, like the Murkrow. She has hundreds of eggs in a location that she can't get to. And excavating these eggs is expensive, and she needs the acker to fund whatever excavations she can muster to get these eggs out. So she like she has a desire. Mister Hum has a desire. The people of Ridgetown had like everybody has a reason for being, where they're they're at the mercy of what they want to do, mm-hmm. and they're all at cross purposes. So it just seems like a a massive shoot 'em out with mm-hmm. a lot of trajectories going on where somebody's going to get winged mm-hmm. you know from a business perspective why is it do you think that we see waves of similar themed books particular image like there are a ton of post-apocalyptic or fantasy books that have hit the stands in the last year or two well this is boom remember so i'm glad no, boom I'm, is doing well, but okay but you're right yeah. maestros yeah, yeah, yeah um i mean there's a ton of yeah seven of, to eternity and right a million. i don't know i'm just glad that it's happening because for me, you love the genre. I do. But, but I'm saying commercially, though, I think it's hard for them to stand out. Well, it all depends upon the creative team. I'm just going to say. It yeah, but then, I mean, this creative team, as much as we're fans of it, isn't, isn't going to sell books. This creative team? Yeah. No, but on the one side, I have the artist in me saying, this book is visually unlike anything. In that genre, mm-hmm. this is going to do really well. Mm-hmm. Where when and I have the the comic shop frequenter that says nobody's going to pay this any attention mm-hmm. because it's different. It doesn't look like everything right. else. So on the one hand, it's very unique. Yeah. And on the which is is a in my book it's a plus, but in the in, in terms of commerce, it's very much a detriment. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I'm going to let the artist win out. On this, as yes. it always does, mm-hmm. and I think kudos to Boom for even <coughs> attempting this because mm-hmm. it's visually it's it's a it's stunning, right? It doesn't look like Seven to Eternity, which is in a very more elegant, more um, detailed manner, where this is very expressive, very emotional. When you know, uh, when we see Ridgetown for the first time, I think that that splash is just amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not seven to eternity. It's for it's very much in a different, more um, more emotional. I, I personally see uh, like the love child of Guy Davis and, and Brandon Graham in this. I definitely see Brandon Graham, absolutely without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, I see some P. Craig Russell. Oh, that's true too. Um, 
The the colors are absolutely phenomenal. And right. The I think the colors are extremely distinctive, and I, I guess we should explain that since we're an audio audible. Com- but it it's just I feel like a lot of comics, probably correctly so, st- stand to like one or two palettes. Um, this this I mean look I mean every every panel is is got tons of different colors in it. It's, right. it's the the spectrum of color that's used in this book is much broader than is typical. Right. Um, it's not there. There's no set palette based on the situation. Like if it's if it's a very doomy and um, very downtrodden situation, it's mm-hmm. still there's some high chroma color in it. Yeah. It's not like oh you know okay we're going in in this thing mm-hmm. we got to go dark. It's, right. It's not like that at all. Dead this, air. Sorry. No, dead air. Hate it. Oh, it's just dead air. <laughs> um, this reminded me of Umbral. Yes. I, it, and, and Undertale. And again, this, was, this was one of those things where it scratched that itch where if, if, you, if you've been missing something... Christopher Minton. This will... Well, um, which this doesn't remind me of Mitten's work, but it reminds me of Umbral. But in approach, it does. It, 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 it's yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, with, with with the language, Bergara's line terms. is similar to Mitten's. He's not a realist he's, like right. Mitten is. He's, he's, he's more cartoony, and he's not. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's the lines you get. He's not. He's not going to spend a lot of time cross hatching. No, you're not going to get no, no, every no, 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 single no. strand of hair. Right, you get an idea of what the image is supposed to be. It's a two-man show now. It's... Oh, more wine. What? Oh, oh you got to get that coffee taste out of it. Wait, is this... Is this... Oh, I was hoping to get the... Um, closest yet there. Mm. Mm. Oh, he wants to get... Yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah. I drink that whole damn bottle. Have at it. For those wondering why I've been quiet, I went and got my own wine. Yeah. You want to go get a white... Um, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I haven't had a glass of white wine. So, so, I think so, the last time I had a glass of white wine was eight years ago, and I got so hungover that I haven't drank it since. So, shrimp and white wine. So next, so at the next wood cookout, Hot Renee will wine. not bring the cold brew for Jason. No, no. Bring it for me, right? Just bring yeah. it for you. Yeah, I love but it. I'll get some gentleman's collection for for Jason. Yes, that was um, very good. No, I would definitely recommend Coda. I didn't know you, you said, "Hey, did you all read it?" I didn't. I'm surprised you did. Until the other night. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I, issue two came out today, and I read it, and I, I may have, I I may have hinted see, it to spoiler. Sorry, I, 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 I did. See, I mean, I, I, I love the idea of some of the things like homeboy with his leg. That's how you know shit's all. Yeah, I didn't mention that either. He's no, got a prosthetic leg. Yeah, they're, they're definitely. I mean, and I, Princess Bride is what came to mind during the first exchange, where homeboy's like, "Hey, you know, it was all set up, and we lured you here to." And I'm like, you know, this is all just it's. This will, I think, if if you, there's definitely something in here that will please oh, the yeah. discernible palette. Yeah, there, I mean, this is... whether it's the Pentacorn or whether it's 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 our hero or just the idea of of, of the magic or Thundergog. There's there's a lot in here, and and yes, I think do, there's almost too much concept. It's, it's for not a book. Like if you're like okay, you know what I, I can either read this issue 
of Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. or I can read this, oh God, no. and it's like one of those things where it's just like, I have a few minutes, let me get something off the Regina pile so I can just power through yeah. it. And, no, I'm going to be foul for a minute. Just... Coda number one wipes its ass with Immortal Hulk. <laughs> well, I didn't say Immortal, but yes. It's just one of those things where you can't, you're not going to be able to read this and go, okay, i got a few minutes to kill. Let me read no, something off my resign. Deep dive. And just right. Yeah. You, you, you gotta pay to, attention. Yeah, you're not you're not gonna just flip through the because you're gonna get lost in it. You, right. You're just going even if How about if, the maps though? Oh the before the maps and after? Are, yeah. Fantastic. The maps are beautiful because they give you a before <laughs> with the way things were pre quench, and then after where there's a ghost image, which oh, I found right. very helpful. Yes. There was a ghost image on the map of the places that which, Pre-existed and then not what they are. If you're a fan of Tolkien, with, with the whole middle yeah. Earth, who's yeah, not? Who's not? I don't know anybody who's not. No, seriously, I don't want to know anybody. Who's right? But anyway, Coda Number One from Boom Studios, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and well worth your time. Jason, what do you got? Um, well, I whispered to Dap because I know that we've been. For years, saying we couldn't wait for a Plastic Man book to come out. Came out today. Yes, written by Yale Simone, with art by Adrian Mello. Uh, and it's it's terrible. No, I thought it was terrible. No. Yeah, I thought it was a, it was a struggle to get through. You got it on your pad there, or? Um, yeah, it it, uh, it, it it's. Um, I know, I know Plastic Man's always got jokes. Like, I get that, and that's part of the character, but uh, I just, I, I thought it was stunted. Um, no. Basically, the, the, the premise, for those that, that, that know the old school, uh, he was a gangster, a, a two-bit gangster, um, before he became Plastic Man, and becomes Plastic Man, and then basically goes into the right side of the law. And in this, he starts off as the gangster, um, and is killed or beaten to a pulp by his other gang members. Um, but it, it's alluded that he's just come back. They thought he was dead. But it's actually, he's already Plastic Man. He's just, he's acting like his old self to uh, ingratiate himself back in with them so he can find out what's going on. And he's he's got his powers and he's sort of doing his thing. Um, but um, I, I just didn't, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel the visuals at all. Um... I just I thought the figure work was just I don't know I don't think it was of the quality that you should get from a DC comic much less a number one issue of a of a character that has been one of those C list characters that people have oh it's always on the short list like if you ask other if you ask comic creators oh, if you could do any series what would you do like I know Bendis always said he was dying to do a Plastic Man series and really um, what's his name uh, the, the the racist dude. Uh, Van Skyver? Uh, yeah, Van Skyver. Van Skyver. <laughs> the racist dude. <laughs> Van Skyver. Oh, high five. You missed it. Damn, we should have had that. Van Skyver begged for years when he actually was hot, like when he actually had a career to, to do a Plastic Man book. So like, this is a book that's always been one of those things that people thought if they could just have a chance at it. And um, I just, I thought it was terrible. I, I thought that the, the, and really the art. I mean, I have no problem with Gale. I mean, look, I just praised Gale's work on Domino. I, I think... Um, I just think the visuals are a complete letdown. I think they're just they're they're so basic. I mean, they're ratchet. They're like straight out of like a, a dynamite book or even like a Avatar book. Um, Stop. 
It's just it's, Avatar has some. It's it's chops. no, or like a, it, it it's it's like it's like a '90s licensed comic. You know, okay. I mean, it, it there's just nothing special about the figure work. It's just lines on a page, um, and I just think that Plastic Man deserved better than this. So probably one of the bigger disappointments for me in months. Um, I know you guys wow. haven't read it yet, but I I, re- I just thought it was a total whiff, total See, whiff. Now my, I have, I was flipping through it since you imply that you weren't feeling it. I it's on my list to read. Um, I may have even ordered the damn thing, but Ooh. this yeah um, doesn't mean I'm going to finish it. <laughs> Uh, right. I may have ordered the first couple. In any I mean, case, it's drawn like it's a yaowie book. That's the thing. What? This, Can this I see? Very, yes, this is very. Here, I got, I got this little one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about Daps. Daps. Yeah, my, 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 my old iPad Air as opposed to the Pro. See, the thing is, Mello, when she drew Miss Marvel, this looks like she's just trying to channel Derek Robertson. Yeah. So it's I funny you say it. that because I the, see it. Yeah. There, there, are, there are a few panels in the beginning where I think if Russ Braun oh. was given this yes. book, he would have crushed it. It's so like, Russ, I want you to draw Jimmy Palmiotti in this comic. This kills me. Yeah. yeah. This, this, oh, you love that, that shit. No. Yeah. The same panel. Vince is talking about there's a page where it's, five, it's six panels, but five of them are stat image. Basically, it's a copy of the same panel with different word balloons. It's the same panel for two pages. No, I know. Except in Photoshop, there. Um, like, yeah, I mean, like to, as Dap was saying, I mean, I there was, as there. I was reading this book, I was crestfallen because I thought if a Derek Robertson or a Russ Braun or someone of that ilk had done this book, it would be a grand slam. I ordered this. I think Russ would do based, great. Right? I, I ordered this based on what I remember Mello doing, mm-hmm. whether it was at Miss Marvel, whether it was on Witchblade. Um, Can I ask you a question? Yes. What the hell does that so wang mean? They don't explain it. This mysterious hooded character comes up to him as he's laying on the ground beaten up and says, that's so Wang. And even he jokes, well, was Wang a good or a bad thing? And it's, and then it's like, okay. I mean, I get that we'll probably find out at some point, but it, it's it's some kind of special thing to use a slang term that nobody gets and then joke about the fact that nobody gets it and then not pay it off. Right. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. It's that gun. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not yeah, liking just, the look I, I of just, this. Not to be a downer, but I, just, uh, I was stoked for this book. Yeah, I mean, me too. Um... And I just, I, I won't, I have no interest in reading issue number two, personally. I would just, I mean, if you guys keep up with it and tell me it, it gets better, I'll, I'll give it now a little that. Well, that's the Lee Weeks. That, that, that's post-wedding. Yeah, nice. that, that's issue sure, 51. Sure. Oh, speak, speaking of Lee Weeks and Batman, um, just a, 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 and as, as an aside, our buddy Tom King has leveled up yet again. Mm-hmm. He was a guest yesterday on The Late Show with Seth Meyers. It was yes. a late show, right? Late, late night? night? Is it late night? Yeah. Late night with Seth Meyers, but one of the one of the after hour shows, and uh, Tom was one of the guests. Seth is a legitimate comic fan. I it, I don't watch Seth very often, no, same but I did make the point to I recorded it and watched it this morning. Uh, it's clear Seth is a legitimate comic book fan, which yes. I dug. Um, he clearly reads Tom's stuff. He's reading Mister Miracle. He's reading Batman. So that was cool. It wasn't just a like a PR guy saying, "Oh, you should have this guy on because Batman's getting married." It was legit. He's a legit fan. Uh, and in fact, even brought up a, a page from one of the Batman issues where Mitch Garrods drew a late night uh, talk show. Oh, and, yeah, and, and it, it is it Seth. Was Gordon Godfrey, right? It's Gordon, right? It's it's Godfrey. In the comic, but, it's Gordon Godfrey. Right? And Seth's like, can we acknowledge that uh, it's me? And Tom Tom King says, well, <laughs> you know, legally, I can't acknowledge that it's you, but uh, but but illegally, it's absolutely you. Um, but Tom was great, no surprise, very confident guy. He was about five minute long interview, looking dapper in his suit. 
Five minutes. It is late That's night. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, about, yeah. it's, a, it's between commercials. It's what it's, a, isn't, it's an hour long show, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. So he's got his monologue. He's yeah. got, you know, oh. and then he's got his well, one segment. Sits. They call him segment. Yeah. Yeah. One segment, you yeah. know. But uh, he, he, was, did great. he wasn't sitting at the edge of the couch with Ed with yeah. the rest of the guests. It's, it, nowadays, it's just it's the yeah. one guest and they're in and out. He talked about the CIA and joked about that. He talked yeah. about how, how uh, never yeah, most of the CIA guys would go to countries and pretend to be high powered businessmen. To get into the country, he would be the nerdy, nebbishy guy that had coffee stains on his shirt and had an iPad full of comics and that sort of thing. And it was easy to pull off because it was legit how he was. And, you know, gave his wife a major shout out. He did. And he said he was madly in love with his because, wife. Because talk about, Seth talk about asked, props, though. Seth asked, yes. And, and Seth asked, you know, listen, you know, when, but do you write about your experiences? You know, so if you're going to write about, if Batman is going to get married, you know, do you... How do you tap into that? And and Tom's basically like, listen, I don't go around punching people, mm-hmm. so I can't, I don't have personal experience with that, but I do remember what it was like to be married to the woman you're, I'm madly in love with. Wow. And, and so, you know, he's like, so so he was able to big us to her and promote the him. upcoming story. Um, if you did not record, if you somehow missed the fact that Tom was on Late Night with Seth Meyers, you can go to YouTube. The segment is there. Um, but yeah, they, they, they touched on Mr. Miracle, they touched on Batman. Um, we know, I mean, it's one of those things where we personally know Tom, and Tom is a hella cool dude. Um, and we knew Tom before he became Tom King, so um, to see this rise is, uh, it's nice, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's well-deserved, but it was, it was a very entertaining segment. He was very... Um, he didn't feel it. It didn't come across as he was uncomfortable or nervous. It was just he, he sat down in the seat. Why would and, he? And, right, that's what I'm saying. And so he's he was able to, and you know, it, was, it wasn't one of those things where he wasn't comic book shop guy. Mm-hmm. Where you know it's embarrassing mm-hmm. to you know this is someone who's representing the hobby I adore, um, and and you know you want to show your wife, and it's like oh. I know this guy. He's going to talk about Batman. It's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of. It wasn't anything like that. It was. Mm-hmm. It was very. It was a very well done segment. I mean, Seth, as Jason said, because he's 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 respectful of the medium. Um, he didn't he didn't bring Tom on to mock comic book fans, and and uh, that was also um, that came across. So overall, a very entertaining few minutes. Definitely check Sweet. it out. Yeah, agreed. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So what else do we have? You tell me. Me? Me? What else we got? Dapper has to have read something. Dapper I read everything crazy. you guys wanted me to read. Um, wow. I, okay, well, this seems to be a, a, <laughs> a thing every week now, because it's coming out every week. I read Man of Steel number three before coming oh, over here today. did you now? I did. Um, Give me I, some good news. It was better than number two. Well, that's good. Well, I don't see how it could be. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, the third issue is, except for one page, only one page this time, by Fabak. Did he at least draw something new? The first half of the page, I think, is from the previous issue. Get out of no, you tell me. Wait, you, you tell me if it's... I'm wondering if he's getting paid. Oh, he's still getting his page, right? Come on now. It's still getting published for the that top half. Is that from the previous issue? This up here? Yeah, I think so. So these three panels on the bottom, these are new. Those are new. So those will be the next issue. So he basically did three pages. Right, three panels. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it might be Metron. We don't know because it's all in shadows. Anyway, this issue, uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Ryan Sook, uh, with inks on the second half of the issue by Wade Von Graubadger, who we recently saw in Amazing Spider-Man number 800. I like the fact that Graubadger tweeted the specifics about this, or not tweeted, Facebook, the specifics about this issue. Oh, did he? Yeah. I didn't read that. Okay. Um, this issue kind of moves things along a little bit. There's um, uh, the big bad has made his way to Earth and broke into or infiltrated the Fortress of Solitude and left his mark. Uh, do you want me to tell you? Sure. He destroyed the Bottle City of Candor. Yeah. What? Yes. Yeah. No Candor. Yeah. That's lame, dude. <laughs> you get it in first hand. It's in person now. Now it hurts. It's, it's not like he just said it over over the interwebs. For real. <laughs> he de- he destroyed Candor. Yeah. Just like that. He just... He... Just, he... Do you need a bottle? Just... Nah, see... Wait, go back. You went too far. Oh, shit. See, why you gotta fuck with Candor? Why not? Because that makes dude, a good impact. Because though. this dude's a dick. No, I like that, though. I mean, because honestly, how much... Who really cares? I mean, Candor's like... It's a footnote. I mean, look look at Karen. She is she is majorly distraught. Sure. Absolutely. Who wouldn't be? So, um, what I liked about this issue... Not Candor being destroyed, but... The... The voiceovers... With Cal and 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 remembering Dad and um, because Cal once destroyed the barn when he was mm-hmm. a young boy, it happens. Uh, and 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 Dad's and Pa Kent was like, it's, it's just stuff. Don't be upset. It, 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 and but this isn't just stuff. Nah. And Cal, Do we had have an idea promised, what the population is. Candor. Yeah. Oof. Let's uh, keep talking. Um, and and Cal had promised the citizens. Of the bottled city, that he'd find a way to make them whole again. That you know, he's not going to rest until everything is fine. And and this was taken from him. Um, while that's going on, and before Cal realizes it, he's thinking back to the arsons that are going on around the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he brings in a friend to help. Um, Deputy Fire Chief Moore. Don't you think it was a little anticlimactic? That that he just brought his friend over? His BFF? Well, his friend hardly does anything. Well, his friend was there to, I think, move the conversation along. Basically what happens is when... I know, but... Uh, I mean, he's there for like... He's like a stand-in to like say a few words. He does, but when she, when she turns around to, to, to ask Superman something... Um, he's like, sorry, I gotta go and get married. Well, no. <laughs> he's like, he's like, wedding. What happens is Superman shows up because there's been another fire. And he's he's going to, you know, listen, he's like, listen, there's been there's been nine. He thought there were seven, but more is including the two that were started before she became fire chief. So there have been a total of nine fires that they've had to put out. Um so Superman brought in a friend to help help her 
maybe come up with a reason. Or, or that. That would be Batman. So, Batman startles her. And I, I enjoyed these couple of pages because she flashes her... She, she, she turns around with her Pretenders? flashlight. And, and, well, no, we're not talking about a natural account. It's account. kind of comic that I want to read. Um, she turns around with her flashlight and she sees Superman's shield. And her she's flashlight? Startled, her flashlight. <laughs> so, so we have... So Superman's oh, like, oh, that yeah. one. oh, well, you yeah, that yeah one. you brought it back. Um, Superman's like, oh, I didn't mean to startle you. I'm sorry, sorry, you know. I didn't. But then she turns around again with the flashlight, and, and she sees Batman. And now that, of course, startles her again. And Superman's like, listen, man, I, I scared her by accident. You did that on purpose. He's like, I'm Batman. So he's like, you couldn't have just. So while they're talking about things, and, Super- and Batman's like talking to her, almost like she's two. But he's telling her, like, listen, you know, did you did you put pins in the map so you know where all the all the fires took place? She's like, yeah. He's like, well, sometimes they form a picture because that's how I stopped the penguin from um, killing the prime minister of Malaysia. And and she's like, well, wait. And while they're having this conversation, conversation, Superman hears something, an alarm that only he can hear. Of course. So he takes off. So while she's talking to Batman, she turns around. And she's like, wait, where did he go? I love this. This was great. Batman says, something I have learned. If the politest man in the galaxy has to be somewhere so fast he can't even say goodbye, there's a good reason. Wow. Love that. Yeah. Next panel, we see Superman flying high speed to the Arctic Circle. Um, Shows up at... Fortress of Solitude, where it's destroyed. Jeez, Bendis <laughs> yeah, is taking no man, prisoners. My, my man completely went to town. Um, Kara also heard the alarm. She shows up. She sees Candor is destroyed as well. She wants to know, is Lois and John safe? You know, I mean, if this person did this, then they know who you are. Right. And and Cal's like, yeah, no, they're um, they're they're not... Right. They're not here. So we still don't know. So Superman's thinking about, okay, well, I got to get back home to Metropolis because something. So he checks on everybody. Jimmy is okay. Perry is okay. He's telling people that the paper's probably being sold. Mm-hmm. Um, but the trail just goes cold right outside Metropolis. He follows the trail right to there. So now. For Superman. Now, right. So now they've either blended in, they're shapeshifters. Superman's not sure, you know, who might be where. But he gets taken down out of the sky. He gets blasted down. Even Kara shows up. She's like, listen. She's like, who? Who this? Who's New this? phone, who this? <laughs> she's, like, she's like, has this future dead person introduced himself? So Cal's like, not yet. So Kara says, hey, dead guy. You got anything to say for yourself? And it's a double page spread of... Kara and Cal. So I'm pretty oh, sure it's, that it's this, this, <laughs> this takes yeah, place. Th- this leads us into the Action Comics 1000. Uh, and then we'll, we'll pick up from there. But um, I, I felt that this issue, I mean, it was all except for that one page. It was all one artist. Um, it, That's a good thing. It was, it was quick. It wasn't right. like there wasn't there wasn't a pause and then okay we're going to pick up a 
a different thread. This was just this this built on the previous two issues, mm-hmm. um, but it was there were some great moments. I mean, Sook's art was fantastic with the reactions of of, of Cal, and I mean, there were he he saw what what, what happened with with Candor. I mean, he was he was heartbroken, and there were tears. And same thing with Kara, and there was just this was. This, this is what I wanted after the first issue, right? So I understand, you know, we got to get the second issue to get to here, but this was definitely an improvement over last week. I, I really, really enjoyed this issue. Um, I agree with you. I I don't have an affinity for these characters like you do, but I I thought that uh, it was well paced. He he laughs every time I say, <laughs> yeah, because it's like thanks for that. We all do. <laughs> I haven't read. <laughs> As many Superman stories as y'all, but well, I say that so I don't. I don't, I don't feel, feel like I'm, I'm just Jim coming Shooter. off as hate. Like, but at this point, you every, have read a, but a every, nice chunk. Every, not really. Every episode is someone's first. They may not know exactly. He, it's Jim Shooter over here. Yes, he's so cute. Go ahead. He's getting salty. With me. Look at his eyes. <laughs> no, no. My point is, is that I say that so that I, I qualify the fact that your opinions on Superman are more valid than mine because you've got a lot, lot. Broader. Absolutely not true. Well, my, either way, either way. Experience does not mean my opinions are more valid than yours. What this is, what this Man of Steel miniseries is intending to do is to convince the people that don't read Superman that hey, this is a good character to read. So your opinion is actually more valuable than mine. Well, he doesn't I, agree with me. No, I mean it's it's fine. I, I think the issue was fine. I, I I definitely would say it's better than the second issue, but it's still. Coming back up from the strength of the first issue. Yeah. Um, first issue was great. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think with Superman, to me, and again, the, the villains always seem so... They feel like Marvel movie villains to me. It's just a matter of time before Superman defeats them. There's never any question in my mind that he's going to not win. Well, isn't that true with everything, though? <laughs> it is. It, you're right in that the, the storytelling mechanism actually is the same for most characters... In comics, but for some reason, because Superman's so powerful, to me it doesn't feel the same. When I read a Spider-Man comic, I think there's a good chance he's going to get his ass whooped. Whereas I, Superman doesn't ever get his ass whooped. At least not. Well, that one time. Well, when your boy, your 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 love yeah. affair, yeah, with Doomsday. No, I get it, and that was part of the reason why Byrne depowered him yeah. to a certain right. extent. The. Um... And although what was interesting is that unlike the first two issues where we, between <laughs> um, conversations that the cosmic entities or, or the guardians had, um, at no point in this third issue, because he didn't introduce himself mm-hmm. to the elves, um, we didn't get the typical Marvel introduction of a villain where at no point in the third issue did you know that Rogozar is the person who destroyed the fortress who destroyed Kandor and who is at the end of the is- issue where Superman and Supergirl are about to take on. Um, which I kind of liked because if you've been reading it, you already know. Um, but if you haven't, and for whatever reason, you just picked up the third issue on a whim, you'll now have to <laughs> get the next it. issue. Right. To see who this is, because if, if Superman and Supergirl didn't know mm-hmm. and you don't know, I'm coming back next week to find somebody. out. Right. Um, the, the art is fantastic. It's, it's, and I, it, Sook draws 
the shield all large, like you know, the way it burned should intended. Be. Right. Um, great issue. I definitely up from doubt. Absolutely, no doubt. Joe, Joe Reed Weatherman. No. Ah! But I want to hear about it. I did not. Oh, he did not. He, I know, he breaks my heart all the time. Written by Jody, I don't know how to say his last name, LeHoop? LeHoop? I don't either. Yeah. Um, the, um, the the same writer of, of, yeah. of Bear Fighter. Yeah. Um, with art by Nathan Fox. No, no shit. A name oh. near and dear to... EOC is one of our former co-hosts with the most Chris Neesman's faves. Um, this is a crazy book. It's a crazy book. I mean, and it, it goes in a direction at the end I was pleased to see. Because at the beginning, I wasn't sure we were reading. Right. Right? Yeah. It's set in, I think, 2077. Is that right? Something. It's set in the future. Yes. Um, 2770. On Mars. Oh, so it's way, way far. Okay, yeah. so 700 years in the future, not, not set. Uh, yeah, they're on Mars. Um, it's, it's a, even though it's set in the future and it's a, a, a Martian society, I mean, in essence, it's a society doing their thing. Um, and they basically, it's, it's, they're putting on a news program and uh, their weatherman, one of the stars of the of the news program, oversleeps, and which is it's made clear that it's Nathan not, Bright. Yeah, it's it's made clear it's not an uncommon occurrence. Right. And they're like, get your ass in, get your ass on, and you know, we're going to be on camera soon. So he he's got a cute dog. Oh, Sadie is oh, so. No, I got to talk to you about that, dude. We do. I know, I know because I know. as soon as I said this fucker, and you're like, oh, I got to read it. I was waiting for someone to oh, say, but bro, I know. Okay. So yeah, he's got this cute ass dog Sadie, and and he's like he's he, and Nathan's a good natured dude. Like he is. they wake him up, and you know again he's pretty much late for work, and he's just you know lucky you know oh it's all good I'll be in whatever yeah, yeah. like no care in the world. Good looking guy as is typical of a weatherman hops into his flying car with his dog and joking like oh Sadie you can drive on the way home you know it's just he's just loving life he's just on his way to the studio shows up with I think they're like three minutes before going in the air. He's like, you know what, you know what, me worry. He's good. He's he's, he's great. He's got he's got like, and it's the future. So he's got just as a weatherman would have. He's got props and robots and models and holograms. But it's just like any other weatherman that uses the the, the visuals or whatever. And he goes on. And he just puts on a fucking show. Like he's he's cracking jokes. He's he's super animated. He's 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 overacting. He's got all kinds of visuals and it's he just a, to, he tries to. Um... Mississippi Queen. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the dudes is watching the weatherman. It's like classic. So this other dude's next to him is like, "What's in Mississippi?" Yeah. Oh my god. And then like one of the people's like, "How the hell does this dude get away with this stuff?" And then they're like, "Because he gets ratings. They, people love him. You know, they love him. He's talking about the weather." I think he's cute. Yeah. And um, so it just for for the first part of the book, it just seems like this crazy futuristic comedy book. I oh, you you really don't have any sense of foreboding or any grand plot it just seems like a story set in this this future city about this guy that is a weatherman and it it's it's a little bizarre and and the visuals are awesome because nathan fox is is a terrific cartoonist for sure um then dude goes on a date with a uh, with a, a scarlet haired lass and you start to get glimpses that there's more here you, you get this ominous-looking group of um, bounty hunters, I guess, or infor- I don't know if they're bounty hunters or more like um, like uh, warrant officers. There's some kind of enforcement group 
ne'er-do-wells that are paid to do a job and and they're tracking someone and although they don't say at first that it's the weatherman that it's Nathan you get the sense it probably is and then they're zooming in on him they're following him and it's clear they are looking at him and they uh, they see him out on the date with his girl and, and they see that the girl's carrying a weapon and um, so that but they're still trying to capture him because there's a bounty for him and uh, then all of a sudden, like it just becomes this crazy John Woo esque sci fi uh, uh, battle like battle scene book where they're fighting each other and kicking each other's ass and killing each other and it's just it just goes ballistic. Um, but there's a the interstitial the segue from the date the calm date to this battle is a panel that when I saw it I thought well that's not going to keep reading this that's done with this book. Are they kill the dog? They, they a sniper. Takes, takes the dog right out, blows the dog's head clean off. He is. You know what? You people at home got to see this. Can you get the video out? Let's do it. Let's do some video. All right. Back up a little bit. And flip, flip, flip through. Go, go back a bit. What you want to show? Um, so, Jason, what you're telling me is they kill the dog? They kill the dog. No, that's not it. That's not the face. That's no, it's not, not the face. Cause you were just like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kill the dog. Yeah, they you want which, to zoom in which, on that? Which, yeah, it looks like that a little bit, right? Well, wah, that wah. no, they show him actually getting his head blown off, though. No, it's the next issue. No, turn no. the page back. Go back. Uh, go back. No, go back. Go back. Keep, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going, bro. Keep going. Keep going. Dude. Keep going. This is excellent. You're seeing it like, you're, it, you're like, like, like we're at a synagogue. Well, I can't see what I'm doing. Yeah. You're the one that asked for video. Oh, there's a dog head. Yeah. Where well, used to be well, a dog t- head. Tap, tap so you get the... Not just once. Okay, good. Did it. Yeah. Poor dog's head gets blown off. Which, if you all know Dap, you it know... It is a good looking blown off dog head. Though. Punishing, torturing, or killing animals is pretty much... Yeah. It's a done deal. Done deal. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's why, yeah, it's why we three and Beast of Burden won't be on a book of the month right. ball anytime soon. Wow. So is this book done? Are you one and done? No. Oh wow! wow. How did no, that why did this book get the clear? For one, there are certain. This wasn't how cute he is. So sexy. He is. If anything, oh, it, it, yeah, you um, <laughs> This is one of those things where I didn't think it was gratuitous. It was like, oh, hey, we're going to introduce a dog just to kill it off. Um, oh, I don't know. Wasn't it like I don't? Well, no. Yes, we get that it was, and, and he seems. I mean. Nathan reacts the way I would. So, I mean, that's... But it's one of those things where I didn't... I didn't see this as someone who hates animals. This was... It was a very gut-wrenching moment. And just because that... Well, if you want to get the audience... the purpose of the story. Right. But if you want to get the audience sympathy on your side, kill a baby or an animal. Right. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And it shows you these guys mean business. So, I mean, for... And while I was still caught up on that, mm-hmm. even though there's another five or six pages of this whole knockdown drag out with, with Nathan's date, with these mercenaries, and then you get to the last page and you're like, holy shit. Plus, mm-hmm. when you get to the last page and, and, they, and they're like, Nathan... You're under arrest. Oh, so crazy. Nathan's still holding oh, right. dog, yeah. his dog. That's all he cares about. So I really can't... 
I can't be upset at the storytellers. I can't be upset at Nathan. This is definitely... It's not like they picked up the dog and he just... Tossed so what you're saying is not exploitative. It's, that's it's, what it's, I was... It's yes. used to yeah, the benefit of the story. Or just, yeah, no, 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 I, I guess... Right. Yeah, that's, that's what I... It's used to flesh out the surviving character. Right. Right. But how about that reveal, though? I mean, you just hit... Dude, when it gets to the end? Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this crew is, is attacking and fighting, and then his, his, his date is clearly a badass herself, and she's, she's basically keeping him alive. Uh, but then, uh, the last page, the big reveal, um, is that she, she says you're under arrest. So she's some kind of secret agent or undercover or something. And she says, you're, she says to Nathan, you're under arrest for the murder of 18 billion. What? 18 billion men, women, and children. That's because, a lot. Right. That is a lot. But that brings you back to the beginning because his date went to go meet an old woman so they could go back to the, it's basically like ground zero. They went to go to the memorial. And there's a conversation that... Um, that Nathan has where um, why can't I think of his date's name? Lady. Quim. Thank you. Um, she's she's like, Quim? No. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not Mewling. Quim. It's not Mewling Quim. <laughs> it's not Quim. No. Um, I wasn't thinking Mewling Quim. Well, that's what Loki told Black Widow. Um, Fetching woman. But it's um she asks him, did you lose anybody at, at the event? And he's like, yeah, you know, but I just, I, I try not to dwell on it too much. So the way he kind of blows it off and, and she's asking him questions. And then you find out, obviously, if she's arresting him, then, then, then she has ulterior motives mm-hmm. and then she's on the case. Um These are all things that I don't know if it... I don't know if there's evidence that if she's just arresting him based on his statements. So right. I, that, that's another reason why I want to read the second issue. So not, you know, where are we going from here? Um, so because of his his attitude and and his his statements, um, if he's the reason why all these people died while, while we had this memorial scene at the first couple of pages. I want to see what the connection is. Yeah. Um, You're driven. Right. I mean, what do we always complain about with weathermen? That they make a living and yet they're always wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing at some point he made some kind of forecast that turned out to either directly or indirectly lead to this alien attack which wiped out most of us. Right? Because And it's it's one of those things where, like, at first, I don't even know if weathermen was his only job. Like, Right. Oh, that's true. I'm just on hypothesis. but, But you see... Like later on, after he does the weather, his producer comes up and says, "Listen, you know, this company bought like five hours of sunshine, so you're going to mm-hmm. have to amend the your forecast to accommodate for the extra sun that they're going to get because you you said it was going to be humid and rainy, right. and so um, so by all means, yes. At that point, you know, yeah, if, if he's if he's being told what to say, or if, if the weather can be manipulated, or if things can be changed, then well, the weather no, can maybe. be manipulated. Right. Um, you know, who's to say he's not a fall guy? There's just, there are a lot of questions. And, and I mean, good questions. Not like not the kind of questions where it's like, this made no sense. I don't know where we're going. I'm done. 
I have questions where I'm like, I need to see where we're going with this. Mm-hmm. And that's the best part. Nathan's a, a professor at SCAD, right? That's where he's a teacher, yeah. I think. Yeah, and he doesn't do a ton of comics. Um, Not anymore. He did. Not really. I mean, I don't know. The last thing I think he drew was Jason's Captain America on this jam piece. I mean, that, that's what I would <laughs> I mean, he did that. He did fluorescent black. Fluorescent black. That was okay. Dude, right. That How was long ago was 10 that? Ten years ago. Get out of here. Yeah. How long have you been doing the show? Yeah. That was the first. Um, no, that was the first C two E two, right? Or the first New York Comic Con. First New York Comic Con because Neesman knew him from Chicago, and uh, we went over and got copies of first. Amanda's her name. But uh, but Nathan's a phenomenal phenomenal. Oh, he is. Yeah. I mean, it's. He's the reason why I ordered it. I had no idea what to expect. I love the cover. I saw Nathan Fox was drawing it. I'm like, I'm there. I had no idea what to expect. Yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting to see the, the death of an animal, but I, that, that didn't cause me to toss the iPad across the room and say, I'm done. Isn't it neat, though, that when we see an animal get killed, our first thought is like, oh, Dab's not going to like Dab's going to shit his pants. I love yeah. you guys. Like, oh, Lord. Even though the animals aren't real. Well, but they are to him. Right now. They're on the page, right? Uh-huh. In the story. And you're supposed to... It's just like Coda, right? It's just like stabbing like... a pregnant woman in the belly. Right? And that, and that, but that was, and that That's was, that was a public service. Because that no, kid would have grown, grown up to be <laughs> like... Bullshit. It was, the kid was probably already dead. Because she's, she's snorting coke. No, you don't. And that's the thing. That, that's like punching a pregnant woman. It's like that. That's just... I don't... Why would you... But yes, I absolutely get that that right. would turn... No, I get it. It's, mm-hmm. So... But this was one of those things. And, and yes, I, I don't know if it's a combination of Nathan's art. Um, because it's also not like it was it was realistic. Right. It's... it's I mean, it's, it's, it's a goofy-looking puppy. It's a, Sadie's adorable and smart. Um, and Sadie also wasn't a background character. It was just like, you know, we're just going to... So yes, there there were definitely it served a purpose, and and um, but for some people it's going to be like oh snap collateral damage or they killed the dog whatever I'm going to keep reading and and but this was one of those things where yeah I can definitely as soon as I said motherfucker you know Nathan yep. Fox is too good and you're like okay I got to read Weatherman and I was like I was waiting for someone to say so wait so you, you finished the issue because mm-hmm. it's like so. But yeah, no, I'll be back for the second issue, no doubt. I ordered Sweet. it. I'll be getting it. All right. Respect. All right. I think we should bring this boy home. You getting tired, sleepy? I'm not getting well a little bit, but he still has to piece it together. We got to, make to go to Heroes good. tomorrow. We do. Let, let's uh, let's talk for a minute about about what we're excited about with the show. Omnibu. <laughs> the auction. The auction. <laughs> Grinding Mario's head into the, the pavement. Yes. Um, number one is, is seeing all our buddies. Yeah. Again. Um, and we can go through the list, but we will. We will. We will. No, we'll hit that, we'll that up. Yeah. Well, we D- Dap and I are hosting a few panels. Yeah, how did that work out? Like, what? why didn't I get the memo? <laughs> Oh my god, dude. What the frig is going on? You got 50 memos. I didn't. You did, actually. You did. I could, I, do, the, I could do a horror panel. No, no I actually happen. said you'd be great for the one with the, the Anchor Lawyer. And, I said, if we could do a co panel, if we could like co host the yep. panel, I said we'd be on it. Like, I, w- I was asked to, to mod that panel and I said Vince would probably love to do this. And you were like, oh, let's uh, look at these hostas. 
Yo, dog, there's a Captain Kirk hoster, and there's a and there's a Spock hoster. Seriously, you're a dick. But with that there said, there is a Captain Kirk hoster. <laughs> with that said, and then Dapso like, oh, that's my favorite fucking perennial dog. I'm like, I'm like. What did I come up with the fucking it's HGTV? amazing how many people like, don't know. It's like the HGTV slack. I know. Like, do the Green Garden over here? Like, what? like you have a list of favorite perennials? Yes, like, I do. I do. I know, right? Yeah, but you work in a, in, a, in, a, in a landscaping firm. Yeah. But that does but it's not. amazing how many people don't know the difference between a, an annual and a an perennial. perennial. right? Yeah. Do you have marigolds? Well, these come up every year. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> So, on that note, <laughs> Vince, Vince is uh, antisocial, and so he's not hosting any panels. No, he's not. I, I would if I attend. and I will be. I may be disrupting a few panels. More specifically, so. on Friday at 6 o'clock, in room 208B, I will be sitting down with our man Ed Pisker. Damn. A little mano a mano. We're going we're gonna to cut it up for an hour. Uh, to talk about Grand Design, X-Men Grand Design. So yes. if you're behind, catch up and uh, join us for that conversation. Uh, we've had a bunch of people ask us if our panels will be recorded. Hell yeah, um, they will. I, well, yeah, so I think Vince plans on recording them in some capacity. I've also been told that they will try to record them with the Heroes video team. Um, there is no try. There's only do. No, I know. I, but point is, is we hope that they'll be... Accessible to you in some way. Well, let's couch it in this conceit. Our patrons will get the audio from the panels as soon as they have finished. Sure, sure. But we may have video that's publicly available as well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so 6 o'clock on Friday, Grand Design. Um, and then on uh, Saturday, I will be hosting a panel with Declan Shalvey. Mike Henderson and Scott Hepburn to, this happen? to discuss Deadpool. The fuck? So I know a lot of you are huge Deadpool fans, so come along for that, and uh, we will chat it up. And then my man DAP is breaking his panel hosting Cherry with a panel on... Everything's Archer! Look at 11.30. Uh, that's weird. This is 11.30 p.m. Uh, room 203B. All specific and shit. Um... Hmm. It will be. Uh, I will be moderating a panel with um, guests Kevin Mellon and Neil Holman, who both work for Floyd County Productions, who bring you Archer, which had its ninth season finale tonight. It's nuts. Um, which my wife and I will watch when I return next week. Or she'll watch it while you're gone and then pretend she, she won't. didn't see it. She won't. Mm-hmm. She'll probably do that with Goliath, which is streaming on Amazon. You watch so many shows. How many? How do you keep track of them all? You watch like at least 15 shows. Am I right? Well, Goliath is, is an Amazon show. I so it's like it's only, I know. It's, it's, it, it's on Prime, so they'll release but you, all 13 you watch episodes at least 15 or whatever. But shows. I don't know. You do. Okay. It's okay. I'm not saying it's wrong. You are, but it's... Yeah, it's he's like, pretty much... He's, he's he admonishing right? you. It's like, yeah. Ma- it's like, he's like, why aren't you busier? <laughs> why do you watch it? How dare you? Why are you a show? Right? <laughs> Whatever. Sorry he doesn't have to make 30,000 steps every day, Don. 
He can sit on his couch and watch a little TV. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out. You get this episode, you get this episode. We done. Thank you. And your travels, motherfuckers. Yep. No, but I mean, the one thing, I think my goal at Heroes is to get at least a signature from Mike Royer. Oh, okay. Okay. I think we can make that That's happen. doable. And a bumper. The b- I mean, as long as Ray Wittestadter doesn't rep him, yeah, you'll get the it for free. The best Kirby Inker ever? Yes. We need to get a bumper from him. Okay. I like it. And we have to do a really concerted effort to get some material some for bumpers. the show. Yeah. You guys slacked last year. I was on the, I was on job. I got like ten or fifteen. Y'all were pulling your puds over in the artist alley. I don't know How many did you get in New York? Like four hundred and twelve. Right? Four hundred <laughs> and twelve. So we don't would, change them. It's not my fault. You lost them in the files or something. And, uh, I was when we still had an Android, which is uh, <laughs> we got them all. He's, he's completely off the rails. We're fronting on him. Pastas and Android. He's like, now he's gonna eat Doritos. This is professional. That's, That's great. Really, six dollars for two bags of Doritos. Doritos? Is that tough for good? That's like I can get like four bags for that. <laughs> Pennsylvania prices. Seriously? Uh, yeah, it's a demographic. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Got like 18 Bro, I didn't you pay bikes. for the six bucks. <laughs> I bought the Did you not. Say 18. You did. I'm Elliot. in it. Elliot. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being here. As usual, this episode has been sponsored by Y'all Go to Hell. Discount, discount Comic Book Service, where you can get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your home for a fraction of the retail price such as from Dynamite it's the further adventures of Red Sonia for $9.99 why wouldn't you buy that shit Uh, uh, House of Muck from IDW (laughs) and Black Crown is two bucks and a Marvel (laughs) Fumetti book isn't it $1.99 no it's $1.99 from Image Mick Patara, John Lehman. Levithian. Like some Le- Levithian. Yeah, Levithian. Number one. Is Magneto the Get number? in on the ground floor on this, bitches. It's down at night. Britches. In your travels. I'm playing catch up. <clears throat> I have. Um, Let's get serious for a second. I've lapsed on my Bendis Guardians of the Galaxy, uh. which is wrong because eventually. I know Ben Grimm joins the group, as does, I think, Agent Venom does before mm-hmm. Ben Grimm. All right. So I'm remiss in my reading of the Bendis Guardians, so I have read Volume 2, mm-hmm. Angela. If there's ever a hook that's going to get me to read something, it's that's taking true. a character from Spawn and putting him in her into the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Written by Brian Michael Bendis who consulted with Neil Gaiman, illustrated by Sarah Pacelli, Francesco Francavilla, Olivier Copiel, Mark Morales, uh, Valero Shitty, Shitty, Shitty? Yeah, Skitty. Skitty. You were close. And showing them all up as the consummate professional that he is, Kevin Maguire. 
Color art by Justin Ponsor and Eve Sorcina. <clears throat> this trade includes issues 4 to 10 of Bendis' run. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Iron Man is running with the Guardians. There's a bounty on Gamora's head. Peter Quill is getting lightning flashes of past, present, future events. So who does he go to, con- to uh, consult to say, hey, what's going on with me? But Thanos. Mm-hmm. And Thanos tells him the uh, vermin that is populating your shithole of a planet mm-hmm. have tampered with space time and they need to die. So, um, normally would have left you, you, you freaks alone, but you got done and played with forces you didn't understand. <laughs> you mucked with things and now you have to pay the price. The universe is not safe mm-hmm. without. With humanity playing with with these things, so they attract the attention of uh, races more powerful than um, humans, and Earth is now a target. Um, the great things about this run: Tony Stark knocked boots, much to his chagrin, with Gamora. Peter Quill is rendered much more confident and powerful than he has been in the past. He holds his own against Thanos. How many characters can we say have held their own against Thanos? If it's that, okay, fantasy baseball or football, whatever you guys <laughs> do this thing. Pick first some, place, first place, first place. Pick somebody who can go up against Thanos. The first choice is not going to be Star-Lord, right? But he, he does all right. Angela enters this universe confused. Um, there's very strange surroundings. Uh, but... Peter Quill reaches out and helps her. I think it's a great... I mean, if, if there's one hook that's going to get me to read something, it's taking a Spawn character. Mm-hmm. Heaven's Hunter. Angela. And I think she fits in really well with the Guardians. Did you guys re- read this? Oh, yeah. I Isn't it, it great? Out. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it got unfairly criticized. Why? I don't know. People seem to lose love for it when it got... When Angela came and when Thing came. And, and I, I, I thought it all made perfect sense. The battle in space between Gamora and, and Angela is mm-hmm. absolutely perfect. Yeah. It's great. Pacelli, I don't think it hers, gets her due as a, an excellent illustrator. She I can't draw a domino, but other than that. What, what? I said she can't draw a domino, but other what, than that. What do you mean great. she can't? Well, she failed at her attempt. Oh. But she draws a, a hell of a beautiful Angela. Yes. She's all top heavy and shit. Um,. But Peter sees something in Angela and he befriends her, which um, he releases her from this prison and she joins the Guardians and that that leads to the whole Infinity thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, this volume is a bridge between what came before Infinity and Infinity. It's it's fun. It's beautifully illustrated. Francesco does a great job. Um, Quapel, any of these illustrators, they're, they're just great. And it has ties to Spawn. But the thing that got me was... Throughout the narrative, in in various issues, there are characters that will say, "This woman seems vaguely familiar to me." That, that that's like an inside joke that <clears throat> Bendis is dropping down. That yeah, this is the girl you knew from Spawn. Now she's in the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. and it it just works. Guardians of Galaxy Volume Two, Angela, read it. It's mm-hmm. just fun. It's well written. It is well plotted. Fun. I agree. 
In your travels. Woot! Oh, um, I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm going to make it short because I didn't eat. Finish. Yes, I did. <laughs> I really didn't. Except for these, maybe maybe these handful of Doritos. Let's go to Jigs. Now? Where are they open until? Two o'clock in the morning. Shit. Yes. Can we do this? Yes. We can. We're going to. I'm going to have pancakes. Do they have pancakes? No, they're a fucking bar. <laughs> we can go to a diner with pancakes. No, I want pancakes. Well, we go to a diner. We're going to a diner. Wait, no. If you guys want jigs, we'll go to jigs. I'll go to a diner. I don't care. Can we do this? Of course. Well, I can't. What? What's stopping you? How old I are you? I love New Jersey. Because they got diners. I guess. I guess Scranton like, rolls up the streets Scranton? at like eight o'clock at night. No, diners in Scranton. Not that are open till two o'clock in the morning. Uh, what's the point of a diner? Diners never close. That's cows, what I'm saying. Cows are sleeping, bro. In your travels, um, keep it up. In your travels, read Stellar because Brett Blevins is a goddamn master. I know, but what? it looks so good. What did he say? Stop. <laughs> I will not excise you from this episode. I will. I will Dude, not, but I will. I was so excited for it. I was too. I was I was flipping through it. Well, it's going in the show notes. I wasn't I wasn't thrilled with the with, with, with the digital homeboys suits. But I mean at least they got the they got the right guy to draw her. If no, you're going to sure. draw beautiful women, Brett Bellins is. That's a, what I'm saying. That, yeah. That's and that's no, no doubt. That, no that's doubt. the pull for me. Is yeah. that, that's why I'm recommending it. I, I, I think did it just not had that digital stiffness it. to it, though. <clears throat> I didn't read Keating's Remains story. Remains to be seen. Yet. I didn't see. It. So yeah, right. that's so. I have. That's. But I want to make it short and sweet because we've we've had a lot of fun and I don't want to. We've had a lot of alcohol too. We have. <laughs> um, so in your travels, I want to shout out the conclusion of the fourth arc of Southern Bastards. <laughs> Southern Bastards number twenty. Oh, and three. But before I shout it out, I do have to... We have to no, we That's have to, his way of saying, shut the fuck up. No, no, I'm not going <laughs> to... Don't say anything. Oh, no, I'm not going to say it. No, no. No, I, but we have to keep it real, though, with this book a little bit. We love the book. We talked about almost every issue of the book. Yeah. But the book has been incredibly delayed. So Why I was, is that? I was curious... Well... Well, because we Jason, well, how oh, about Jason's father? Yeah, right. I know yeah. that. That's and a legit reason. No, it yeah. is. But, yeah. but I mean, just to put, but I do think it's hurt the momentum of the book. And so I was curious. I, I mean, we all know it's delayed, but I was curious how delayed. So when it when it uh, started in 2014, we got six issues, which is not bad. When did it start? 14, like it started July. in April. So oh, not he bad. have this in the spreadsheet? No, I have is it. On, it a text file? Or no, Comic Book DB. Okay. Shout out, shout out to Chris. Shout out to Chris, by the way. That's right. Uh, then in 2015, we also got six issues. But to your point, this was six issues over a 12-month period. So a little slower. Basically every other month, though. Whatever. It's fine. In 2016, we got three issues. Which is pretty bad. That's pretty bad. In 2017, we also got three issues. Has it been yeah. that long? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And in 2018, we just got the second issue of the year. So yeah. we've got... we've got You're eating three in the middle of fucking... It's ridiculous. <laughs> We've eaten eight. We've got eaten. We've gotten eight issues in three years. Three years, eight issues. That is horrible. That is horrible. Now the dog's barking because that moved. Everything's going. Everything's going astray. In Southern Bastards number twenty, we get the conclusion to the gut check arc. Basically, we've got we've got Coach Boss getting his comeuppance. And it's clear that uh, there's a lot more hell to pay 
Um, Earl's daughter basically has to make a big moral decision. She comes out on the right end of it, but I don't think it's for purely altruistic reasons. And um, per the letters column, where Jason and Jason apologize for the delays, they said they were working hard at getting ahead for uh, arc fifth, the fifth arc called Rebs. And it sounds like, which they probably should have done the last arc, they're, they're going to basically do the arc and then solicit it. Nice. So it's a phenomenal series, and I think it's one of those series Seriously. where when it's when it's all collected in, in hardcover or in an omnibus or something, it's you should sit down and read the whole thing, and it probably... Um, I do think it suffered from the delays because uh, I read this issue and I and I love the series and I had trouble remembering some of the, sure. the plot points. But uh, but either way, it's it's great and, and we're going to see Jason this weekend. And um, I'm on record saying there's no better illustrator currently working in comics than Jason Latour. He's great. Yeah. He's great. So so Southern Ambassador's number twenty. Awesome. All right, everybody. We <coughs> hope that you have enjoyed this episode and we also hope that we will see you Friday and at Heroes Convention and Saturday and, and, Saturday and Sunday blah 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 maybe but Thursday maybe well yeah we'll no see maybe Thursday we'll see Mario I got the handcuffs and Cliff and throw him in the closet just, and, and, and Justin I think we'll let him out before Saturday but Saturday he's going in the closet he's not been against that Saturday like 6 o'clock at night Okay. okay. Mario's cheap. I don't think he's going to bid. Fuck, I got him. He will. F- fuck him over, he will. That's nah, I got him. All right. He can't compete. But anyway. Like Kevin I don't want to let the cat out of the bag because he's going to listen. Kevin Nolan, 80 bucks for a bust. Really? What are you talking about? Kevin Nolan just posted his prices. $80 for a bust. That's incredible. Huh. Kevin Nolan's great, though. I know. Yeah. You going to get him? Kevin Nolan's table. Yeah. 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 It's on to the break of dawn. I just want to get one thing. The pancakes. Alexi, yeah, pancakes. <laughs> and the Alexi Zirit Cosmic Ghost. Right? You see, you got moved to a miniseries? What? What? Cosmic Ghost. Right? Oh, it always was, like one through five. Oh, I thought it was an ongoing. No, no, no it was five for me. Don't be casting shade. No, I saw on previews it said one of five. I thought it was. Uh-huh. No, it was originally one of uh-huh. five. But anyway. If, if you are attending Heroes in Charlotte, North Carolina, tomorrow, uh, Friday, come on up to us if you see us. Shut up. This weekend. Yeah. If you I see us, we will give you big right? hugs, especially if you are of the feminine gender and... Hashtag me too? I mean... <laughs> Unnatural? I don't... What? You're saying that that's harassment? No. Pancakes. 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 I have the prize. I love it. I am a tiger. Rock. I love y'all. We love y'all. Be there at Heroes. If not, then we'll be back with our Heroes Con recap shortly. Uh, for Patreon subscribers, we have a plethora of extra content that you will be receiving this weekend. Buckle Video up. at the Wazoo. Buckle yeah. up is all I'm going to say. It's going to be a ton. We're going to we, do quick we hits. Gonna, we're going to do like quick hits. Yeah, we're going to go all out. You thought New York was big? Heroes is going to be bigger because Heroes is the show. On the way to the airport, at the airport. Yeah, yeah. that's closer. Drinking to, at the craft breweries, at the Q spots. Right, that's closer to our hearts. TSA. Yeah. It's on. Hearts. hearts. We'll do some cameos Multiple. of some of our artist friends. We'll, we'll get some little shout outs and whatnot. Yep. Chris Claremont. Interstitials. Mike Royal. Claremont's not going to be there, <laughs> but Royal will be. <laughs> I love how Vince just assumes every artist you ever heard is going to be at the, uh, at the show. So you got 50 bucks to ask Claremont for, for, for a bumper? Shout out to Renee Widerstatter. Yeah, really. Michael Golden. 
Croyer. Brian Shearer did an Croyer this week live on the video. It was great. Really? I see if you should do a cover up. Do a cover up on Michael Gold. Michael Golden's like $75 a minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's Stegman? <gasps> you see Venom number two? Not yet. I have oh, That was dude. my next to read. Sweet. Yeah, I bet. No, you know what? You can't front on Stegman. No, you can't. Oh, yeah. no. no. He's, no. Killing he's killing it. You can't front on Felix and Stegman. That's a powerhouse That's true, combo. Yes. How about Felix? By the way, Venom number two art drops tomorrow. Of course it And does. we have some Paul Pope shit. Yeah. So you may be like, interested like he in Like, just like... Like, like, like Paul Pope is also like, oh, and, and by the way, take my money. So, right. Take it. Yeah, anyway. Paul Pope's, he's going to do commissionless for Paul Pope. It's incredible. Much love to Felix and Paul Absolutely. Pope and everybody. I have to sell some more comics. I am yes. so distracted right now. You really are. What do we do? Thinking about pancakes. Pancakes, sausage, David, <laughs> Ash Brown. Jason will be back next time. Love you so much. In love the meantime, you. come you back. You might see some video of us eating pancakes. Who knows? We'll have some. Wrong. Come back next time because we love you so much. In the meantime, say good night. Oh. <laughs> good night. I'm not going to make the sound with the. Wait, I'll do it. You You can't hear it. It's not going to travel. David. Nice. We love you, people. Thank you for enduring this with us. We will do our best to give you the best Heroes Con 2018 covers that we can possibly muster. Just come back next time. Hopefully we'll be back to normal next week. I think this was fun. Oh, this was awesome. This was fantastic. I want to do this all the time. Yes. I have a little too much wine. Yes. Now i got to suck it up with the... Pancakes! Pancakes! We love you. Ladies! Stay classy. He's gotta do it. (laughs) Fucking 150 IQ. He's gotta burp. (laughs) Am I right? Low quality and shit. What is it, higher? Like 168? You know the air? Yeah. No, no comment. I'm gonna hit stops now. (laughs)